we won a national championship for for Ole Miss and um, all the past players and all the fans across the country and for the state of Mississippi and the University of Mississippi, uh, we did it. And, uh, we're national champs. Breaking ball. Tommy White. First pitch swinging. In the air to center. D'Onofrio back and it's gone! The legend continues! Got him swinging! The Campbell Campbells, the dynasty of the Big South. And now Tony Vitello bumps the third base umpire. Set. He'll throw that as a line drive in the gap. Did he do it again? It is another ball in the gap for Morrell. Another extra. Oh, that is gone. A home run for Brian Morrell. Swing and a ball driven. Way back. And foul. No, gone. He did it. Ortiz kept it just there and walks it off with a grand slam. What's up, college baseball fans? Welcome to another episode of the 11.7 podcast. This is week two of the preseason. And I told you guys I would start out the show a little bit different this time. And I'm going to stick to my word. Uh, Last episode, we talked about some of the exciting things we have planned for this season. And one of the things was our Patreon. So uh, our Patreon has done like 10 times better than I thought it would. Last week, we had three members, and two of them were my mom and my dad. This week, we're up to 30 now. So I just want to give a quick shout-out to everybody that has joined the Patreon. Um, and I'm going to go by real name, so I'm sorry if, uh, if people want to stay anonymous. But they signed up with the real name. We're going to roll with it. So Braden Sellers was our first one uh, after listening to the show. And then there's a guy named A underscore pseudonym. And Dimitri, do you know what a pseudonym is? Because I have no clue. Nope, Seems, no idea. All right, well, A underscore pseudonym. He, he, he might be my favorite one so far signed up. But uh, then our boy Matt Perkins signed up. I mean, that was almost a guarantee. We love Matt. He's been a loyal follow of ours for four years now, I believe. Uh, Will, Will Stanford, Big Cock Club the, with the Spurs Up show, Chris Phillips. Then we have Hunter, Trey, D-Love 2, Cola B-Ball 1, Jay Smith, Tom O'Shea, Matt Weller, Will Stan- or Stanford, another Will Stanford. What? I guess he did it twice. That's what's up, Will. Thanks. Um, Zachary Sim, he's a good follow of ours. Keith Bout. Hey, Sam- hook him, hook him. Yeah, <laughs> hook him, baby. Uh, Sam Devaney, I'm sorry if I butchered that name. Carson Shoemaker, Bradley Hall, Charles Loring. Ryan Brown, 1218. Wiley, Wiley Fowler, Josh Holland, Jeff Stanton, Nick Watson, my boy, Chase Corneman, Brian K. Hall, and the most recent one that just happened less than five minutes ago, 
Matt Grissom, who's uh he's he's a big time gambler and uh he's one of my favorite followers on Twitter as far as just keeping me up to date on on what what other sports we need to be gambling on. Um so yeah, I really do appreciate everybody that signed up. Uh that's that's awesome. We're already building pretty sweet community so far and uh, I'm really excited to interact during the season with those guys and of course anybody else who signs up and uh Dimitri and I are about to make a huge announcement not on this show because it's not quite pen to paper yet official it's not official official it's not official official we sent over our signature we haven't got the signature back but we do have probably the greatest grand prize in college baseball history for the weekend series pick em winner and the survival contest winner. And it, it's hey. something it's something that I think is going to blow your socks off. So um, we'll make that announcement sometime this week when we get the uh, official documents back. But it, I, I'm fully expecting a, a flood of people wanting to join that contest for the $11.70 yeah. a month, which it's going to be a very, very great deal for you. This, this grand prize is going to be worth several thousand dollars. Probably, but I want to take a quick step back and say thank you to all the newest subscribers. Um, I don't know if that's the right word, but whatever. It's like Twitch lingo. Thank you for the subs. Thank you for the subscribers. We really appreciate it. Um, it's a newfound motivation. Um, before, you know, with growing accounts and interacting with everybody on Twitter, and then, you know, after three, four years of the same thing, it's kind of like something new to work for, something mm-hmm. new to ignite that passion or that motivation to keep creating content for you guys um so we appreciate it i appreciate it um thank you so much to all 30 of you guys hey at the end of the day though everything in life just comes down to like what's fun and what's not fun i guarantee you this year is going to be fun for our patreon subscribers this is not something we're going to forget about we're going to be active on it um you know through the discord channel that you'll get access to as well as just fun, like the fun events we're going to be putting on, maybe some live shows where you guys can actually like see us plan the, the podcast and listen to us record it during that, um, and then you know be the first ones to listen to it. Um, but you know, it's just—I don't know about you, Dimitri, but it's fun to care about things in this world. And of course, I care about other things, you know, family, friends, other things. Um, but during the college baseball season, I just get that extra notch, or maybe two extra notches turned up where I, I care about the sport, I love the sport, and it, it, it ignites something inside of me that I just want to create content, I want to make these fans happy, and I just want the, the sport to grow. Uh, I know you're going to probably call me like a country club kid, just rooting everybody on, but uh, isn't it fun to just care about <laughs> something? It, life sucks if you don't care about anything, right? Like If you're just going through the motions, life sucks, and I've been there. I've been through some just very emotionally just blah times and uh of course like, everybody goes through that stuff but oh dude we we both know it that those two weeks before postseason those two to those three weeks before postseason are the draggiest uh moments of the season where you're just like dude give me postseason baseball yeah um, no for sure yeah. and Other even in the that, off season too yeah yeah i mean the off season you, i i kind of I don't want to say I forget about college baseball. I keep up with it. I keep up with like the news, the nuggets, all that stuff. Um, shout out to Kendall D1. They're the they're the only way I would know what was going on in the offseason. But football football takes the front front stage. I mean, it is what it is. 
Yeah. Um, but it's springtime. It's baseball season. Baseball takes the center stage. So don't get me wrong yeah. on that one. And dude, I'm already getting the feeling that people are starting to care more about college baseball than college basketball. Uh, I can't get into college basketball every time I try. Obviously, they, they put on their own show and they put on their own product, but um, there's just something not, different. Something different in the air when college baseball season hits. At least if there's, like not fans. if there's not something I can win, whether it's like a fantasy or whether just contests, like free challenges, whatever the case may be with college basketball, like, like obviously like the uh, March Madness, I have no interest in watching the same thing with the NBA. If I go on prize picks and I'm like bored and I'm like, let me throw, you know, 15 bucks on a little, whatever you call it, parlay with NBA players in college basketball. That's the only way I'll watch it. And I haven't done that once this year. So yeah, like I have no interest in watching it. Maybe it's just, I don't really like basketball that much. Right. No, I'm the same way. Um, Hey, two things I want to do before we get the show started and this show is going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a little bit longer than what we usually do. Just because Dimitri and I, our plans for this show was we're going to do about two hours, maybe a little less, but we're going to go through so many different conferences. We're going to, we're going to talk about many teams that we like. We're going to pick five mid-major teams that we think can make a deep run to Omaha. Uh, and we're, we're just going to be previewing conferences that people don't talk about. And we'll touch on the SEC and the Big 12, ACC, and all that fun stuff. We'll but, get through those too. Uh, but we're going to talk about like the Mac and we're going to talk about the ASUN and the SOCON and some of those, you know, Southland Valley. Yeah. Nitty gritty conferences that produce a lot of talent. Um, but before all of that, two things. One, I made a huge mistake today. I'm not in baseball ballpark eating form right now. Um, I I've been eating a little bit healthier just because I look in the mirror and I'm like, Oh my God, it's almost not even hard. Like hibernation season's almost over. There, there's going to be coming a point here in about a week or two where I won't be wearing a hoodie anymore. So I, I started eating a little bit healthier. But today I fell into the temptation a little bit. And uh, that temptation was me driving oh, home. No. And I, I saw the Sonic sign. And Sonic's not a sponsor. So uh, no free ads, but this is going to be a free ad. Sonic sign was lit up. And... You know, I have a little bit of a, of a sweet tooth, and I, I like the variety that Sonic offers. So I, I, I ordered way too much food, and my lack of discipline, I ate every single bite. Um, it, it included, like, mozzarella sticks, chili cheese dog, um, tater tots. Uh, they have a new, like, steak and bacon grilled cheese that's unbelievable. But right now, I'm, I'm, fighting, I'm fighting going on the DL right now for heartburn. This is... Uh, <laughs> I mean, this is flu game symptom right now. Uh, and, of course, there might have been a little bit of a Sonic Blast mix in there as well. I won't tell you the flavor. But, yeah, so that was a big mistake two hours before the podcast because hey. I was li- I was laying on my couch just motionless for, for 30 minutes. <laughs> you made one mistake, and it wasn't going to Sonic. It wasn't ordering a lot of food. You want to know what your one mistake was? Um, no, no. Pepto Bismol. I don't know. No, you always leave one bite left, wrap it up in the trap in the wrapper, and throw it away because that tells you you didn't eat at all. I don't have discipline. (laughs) That last bite, you always wrap it up in the wrapper and throw it away, and you can tell yourself, "I stopped myself." Yeah, I saved. I saved thirty calories. I didn't eat that last bite, but no, but dude, the last bite's always the best bite. So the. 
I don't know. I just wanted to come clean. That's been my um, role. That's like been my little like my little shtick or whatever. I always yeah. throw away the last bite, whether it's this big or huge. It's, that's I, probably I why you're thirty. That's probably why you're thirty pounds lighter than me. <laughs> hey, if that's what keeps me thirty pounds lighter, the last bite, I'll keep doing it for the rest of my life. But I don't think yeah. that's it. But dude, I gotta get back into like hot dog eating shape, where like I go to a ball game, I order two or three hot dogs, sit around for five innings, go back and get two or three more. Um, no, dude, no, dude. That, that's gotta, where I thrive, gotta, though. You, you, if that's where you thrive, you need to find new thriving platforms. Dude, hey, listen, everybody was putting on this earth to do something. I think I'm one of the best. I'm, I'm at least in the top 1% of hot dog eaters. Uh, we'll but take out if, Kobayashi if, and Chestnut and Matt Stoney and all them. I, I'm, I'm definitely a couple tiers below that. There's what just if, something I, I can guzzle those things down. What if it, my purpose on this earth was to motivate you to be more healthy eater? I don't know if, hey. if that's maybe that's my purpose. So we're having a little like head on battle here. You're demon. And me hey, are fighting right now. Hold me to it, man. I need I need somebody to to hold me to it and hold me accountable, uh, discipline me. So yeah, if you tell me, hey Ben, go lose twenty pounds. Don't eat like a pig. I'll do it. I, I need coaching in my life. Ooh, what if, what if I made you a bet for every uh, Patreon uh, member we get this year? Lose a pound. I hope we get like two hundred and thirty pounds. And I'll just be no, no, zero. no, no, no. It, it can't be that because the higher <laughs> we go up, you're going to become anorexic and like you're going to be negative pounds. So I need to think of a a bet or a challenge for every Patreon member. Is one push up that week? So if we have three hundred Patreon members, you have to do three hundred push ups that week. Uh, that's a good deal. I'll shake on it right now. Push, uh, push up and sit up. So like, so like. Half of a, one Patreon member equals a half a setup and a half a push up. If we get a hundred, if we get a hundred, if we get a hundred Patreon members, I'll do a hundred push ups uh, and a hundred sit ups a week. A week, and then when we hit the like one fifty threshold, I'll bump it up. That's fair. Deal. You don't have to video or anything. You just have to tell me and just man a word. Mm-hmm. The honor system. Right. I'll do so it tonight I- after our episode. You got thir- you got to crank out thirty push up and thirty sit up. Oh, I thought it was like thirty total. I was about to just crank out thirty sit ups and be like, ah, who needs the push ups? What do you think? That's too much. You think thirty push ups? No, 30 no. Listen, no, no, I no. Was no. About to say, dude, I'm don't, still don't I'm, I'm twenty seven. I'm in the prime of my life. If I can't do thirty push ups and thirty sit ups, we have some serious problems. All right. Um, anyway, there goes the, sec- the second thing. So uh, we'll we'll wrap that part up. Second thing. I want to bring something to attention that maybe not everybody's seen, but Dimitri, you've been getting roasted on Reddit, and I want to come out and say I will literally fight anybody that comes at you on, on Reddit. Some some people were were talking about like Dimitri's a little bit too much on the podcast, and Dimitri is a handful, and I can't listen to Dimitri. Well, listen up here, you haters, because I know you're still listening to the show. Um, if you guys knew one percent of what dimitri knows about this game and if you guys knew all the freaking hard work and behind the scenes stuff he does you guys would be shocked and guess what none of you three or four people that made the comments on reddit about dimitri have any kind of like content of any sport any hobby anything that we can roast you about you guys probably sit at your nine to five hate your life and want to pick on somebody so i invite those three or four people and this is an open invite 
not to fight. I'm not a fighter. But you guys can come join the podcast at any time. Literally, we'll let you send you an invite invite link, and we can do a podcast together. And let's see how you hold up, because I guarantee you, you re- you would be a freaking little leaguer compared to Dimitri when it comes to this. This is it's not easy. It's not it's not easy to talk in front of a microphone about something that you know so much about, but you're trying to explain it in ways that other people um, can 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 hear and can think about. Uh, I mean, Dimitri, you blow my you literally blow my head off every single time that. We talk about like behind the scenes stuff with college baseball. You know more about the the sport and the industry than anybody, like more than me. And uh, yeah, don't let those don't let those haters get. They're a bunch of jokes, bunch of jokers. First of all, um, I appreciate you doing that, going to a bat for me. I didn't need it, um, but I know you didn't need it. Appreciate it. It was um, it was kind of like a oh wow, like I did not I did not see this coming from a mile away. Um, and, but yeah, I mean, the haters don't bother me. I think I laugh guys. This is, if, if you guys, if I needed to tell you one thing, I'm a serious person, but at the same time, I'm a very, very, very unserious person. So when people like talk shit, I love talking shit. So I will talk shit back <laughs> and then I will literally 30 seconds later, I'll forget about it. Like I won't even realize that we talk shit. Like we're friends. Same thing with people on the internet. You want to talk shit to me? Let's, let's talk shit. Let's have fun with it. Um, but the only the only thing I don't like is when people talk shit and it's not directed to you or like yeah. you're not in, involved with it. Other than that, that's the only thing that kind of dra- irritates me. But no big deal. I am yeah. not mad at all. You don't like me. You don't like me. I don't <laughs> care. I'm not going to make 40 million people happy. 40 yeah. million people are not going to like me. Same thing with women. All 40 million or however many girls there are in the world. There's way if more I than 40 million. If I single one of them like me, I'd be the, great, I'd be the greatest man on earth. You'd be, um, you'd be ruined. It's, yeah. I mean, I don't know if I'd like that. If I had that many people liking me and I had to pick one. Like, that wouldn't work. Yeah, um, it's pretty tough. I mean, I have to, I have to so, tell you. <laughs> yeah, no, I, but, I don't hey, get, but, I'm not going to be people true. happy. People are not going to like me. It is what it is. You're the type of guy that literally started a benches clearing brawl in Italy this summer. You you like yelled at the first I, base I did not coach. Do that. That's, that is yeah, you news. did. No, I That's saw the video. News. I saw the video. I, I, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> I know. I I, I shift going I shift in bench with extra inning, whatever. Hey, shout out to Braden Webb. He did it the other night. I I was it was kind of like a the situation wasn't the same as mine, so I can't sit here and say it, but it was kind of like like when you're watching it as a, a spectator, the fan, you're like, "Oh man, what a douche!" Like, <laughs> "Oh, I can't believe he just did that." But it was did funny. You... It was entertaining. It was perfect. It was perfect for the moment. He was pitching. Against... By the way, we did have Braden Webb on here two years ago, I think. Yeah, twenty twenty-one, Carolina. He was pitching with the Puerto Rican team um, against Venezuela. Was pitching really well. Got out of a jammer. He got pitching change. Came out of the game anyways. He shushed their dugout. Because the fans started chanting, trying to score runs. That's what fans do. And he shushed their dugout instead of the fans. And or um, Orlando RC and a couple others took offense to it. Nothing happened. But it was just kind of like one of the moments like, oh, what, what, oh, I don't like that guy. I don't like that guy kind of thing. But it was funny. Yeah. Hey, I mean, a lot of people can say that about last year's Tennessee team, which we ended up – I mean, we love them. But uh, they, it was very similar antics, you know, shushing the crowd or – you know, Under your in somebody's skin. face. Yeah. Pointing a lot of pointing going on in baseball for no reason. Uh, I love a good point. I love a good point to the dugout. It means nothing. It's harmless, 
People get so riled up about it, though, oh, for no oh, reason. Dude. You know how when you look at someone, you never met them, you don't know, you've never even heard their voice, and you're just like, I don't like that person. And from there on out, everything they do just annoys you, even if it's hilarious, even if you know it's funny, it annoys you because you just something for some reason you just don't like them. Yeah, here's a good college baseball story. Um, 2016. Mercer versus Wofford. We had a, an all like an old fashioned point off uh, where we were taking in and out, but they were still warming up in right field. Um, I was playing right field at the time. Me and Trey Truitt, a good friend of mine, and like they're still warming up, like right next to us. We're like fielding these ground balls and in and out, and uh, uh, our coach like started like yelling and pointing, and then their coach started yelling and pointing, and then the players started yelling and pointing at each other, like you go over there, no, you go over there. Well, we're right here. And it's just so stupid, but it, like I was just cracking up in right field. Like, hey guys, can you guys scoot down ten feet from the line so we can throw the ball to second base on one hop, please? It's just a dick measuring contest, is what yeah. it is. One and, person and, wants to make them feel superior than the other. Yeah. At the end of the day, we're a bunch of just goofs playing college baseball because we couldn't. We're not good enough to play in the pros. So, um, yeah, there's that. Anyways, uh, let's go talk about actual college baseball now. Let's um, do it. Yeah, so did you want to start with conferences, or did you want to start with uh, some big, bold predictions that we have about some mid-majors? I'll, I'll leave it up to you. Let's, have, let's preview the conferences so everyone kind of that's sitting, you know, tuning in, listening, even for ourselves, let's kind of refresh our memory, go through conferences. Um, I know we've already done our research, obviously. We already mm-hmm. know, like, most things, but let's kind of go through discuss conferences together and then based on everything and the fans hearing us our thoughts on everything then we make our kind of like a soft our favorite five mid-major team um our official ben when are we releasing next week we're releasing our official predictions and all that good stuff yeah next week is going to be the big show so next monday it's going to come out or sunday night monday morning whenever we we record uh that's gonna be our big show where we do conference champs winners golden spikes omaha eight um, maybe a few other things that I'm forgetting about, but we have it all planned out on that Google um, Doc that we have. The um, so what we're what we can talk about a little bit right now is the mid-major power ranking is live. Preseason mid-major top 25 have to call it power rankings because of uh, legal infringements that we we ran into two years ago, um, but it's live. And so this year, different structure than we've had it in the past, and I know it's going to piss a lot of people off, but I don't care. Uh, Mid-major in college baseball used to oh, be for us. Oh, we got what we did. Yeah. Yeah, so we made a change this year. Last year it was Power 5 plus the American was the uh, was not mid-major, and then the rest of the conferences were mid-major. Dimitri and I spent over an hour on the phone maybe two or three weeks ago, and we were like, dude, what are we going to do for mid-major? The Sun Belt is so freaking good this year. They're probably the fourth best conference. Um, you know, Same with Conference USA. The American might not be very good this year. Uh, the Big Ten's not going to be very good. So what we did was just simplified everything. We had to, and there's going to be so many people on social media that gives it, give us hell. But at the end of the day, we're going to make the rules because our show Don't is make free. your ranking. This is, yeah. our, this is our rule. <laughs> so our, our mid-major uh, power rankings will be just non-power five. So we threw the American back in there. You're going to see a lot of ECU and, and Houston. Easiest way to do it. Yeah, it's the easiest way to do it. I know the Big Ten isn't a huge baseball conference, but at the end of the day, they have the athletic funding to do anything that they want. The enrollment is huge. Um, and, and I know people are going to be like, well, the Sun Belt is 
you know, better than the Big Ten and probably better, better than the Pac-12, uh, maybe better than the Big 12. It's like, all right, that's great. There's still going to be mid-majors for us. Uh, I'm sorry. As much as I would love the Sun Belt to be um, one of the power conferences in baseball, just makes it so much simpler to leave them as a mid-major and it's cooler people want to be that mid-major that goes to omaha and like the whole country gets behind them because i guarantee you if louisiana makes it to omaha the freaking media is going to make them feel like a mid-major even though they're a damn good team out of the sun question yeah why why do people take offense to the category or the word mid-major like i think when i think because i'll tell you why you're just not a power five you are not an fcc acc usc ucla you're just not a power five conference like it's not a big deal you're just smaller school isn't so what they saw that we played in a mid-major and they're like i don't want to be associated with them i don't want to be associated (laughs) with ben and dimitri they were mid-major players my player my team's not a mid-major way better than ben and dimitri I mean, the, I mean, like, if you really want to sit here and say, like, okay, when, when the Atlantic Sun back in the day, for those of you who don't know, when the Atlantic Sun, by the way, those um, there was somebody on Reddit or somewhere that said we don't know history about college baseball except for the last couple of years, and I was like, dude, like, okay, that's one thing that's not true. I, I will go toe to toe with Kendall Rogers in a college baseball history yeah, contest. Ben, you would, I, I would struggle on a lot of things, but you would just, I mean, we did it the other uh, couple of weeks ago. We literally named all 64 teams in the reach in uh, the postseason last year without a single drop of research. Well, don't don't say that. That just, that proves their point that all we know is recency stuff. But no, I mean, but I'm- I'm just saying, like, in that in-depth, but even back in history, you name runner-up, you name champion for the last 20 years, I think, pretty easily. If you pulled up, like, the 2003 College World Series, I could get all eight very quickly. Um, But anyway, back to my uh, point, in the Atlantic Sun, they had, I mean, Stetson um, had um, Daniel Murphy and Jacob deGrom and some other, you know, role players that ended up being pretty high-end quality professional players but then you have florida gulf coast rolling out chris sale on friday nights and stuff like that on friday night that was not a mid quote-unquote a mid-major team that was a power five level team but it's still a mid-major school it's not a big deal it's just it is what it is yeah. like you don't measure how good your team is doesn't mean your school gets thirty thousand students more just because your baseball team is good that's not what that means it just yeah. means you're on a smaller scale you're in a smaller conference it doesn't mean you, your baseball team's not good. I just hope people understand that and don't get angry and offended because you're a mid-major. It's fine. And I promise you, you're going to get way more attention from everybody if you make that deep run, that Cinderella run you know, through the regional, super regionals. Um, you look at teams like Davidson back in like 2017 that made it to the super regionals. Yeah. You, you look at Coastal Carolina from 2016. There, I mean, that was an improbable run. They won it all. But you know that that team had so many pro players on there, and they, they were still yeah. considered a Cinderella mid-major. The way I can explain it the easiest, and I just thought of this idea: go to your average um, prof- NFL fan, um, NBA fan, MLB fan, and they're not a bit very big college following. They don't follow college sports very often. There, if if you're not in a Power Five school, they, there's a good chance they don't know much about your school. Right. Like, for example, South Alabama or Louisiana Tech or Louisiana Monroe, whoever the hell it may be. Maybe there's a lot of people out there that don't know shit about your school or 
they're probably I would be willing to bet. Tom don't never even heard of it. Yeah, try talking to them about Long Beach State or Wichita like, like State. Sounds, yeah, <laughs> like they've never heard of you. There's there are people up in California that are NFL, you know, San Francisco 49ers fans. They've never heard of Mercer. They've probably never heard of South Alabama. They've probably never heard of shit. Give me some school, whatever, in the southeast, whatever, up north. Lipscomb. You're a mid-major. You're a mid-major. <laughs> like you're a small school that is not nationally known by everybody. Baseball yeah. fan, college sports fan, they know who you are because they follow it a little bit more religiously. Yeah. Um, yeah, to, to, to kind of touch on that a little bit more, uh, the mid-major power rankings are just going to look a little bit different this year. You're going to see East Carolina and Southern Miss and Georgia Southern and Grand Canyon at the top pretty much, pretty much all year. But, you know, those teams could get injuries or they could not be as good as they look on paper. Uh, and you could see a Gonzaga or a UConn. UC Irvine, like Southern Illinois, Kennesaw State, uh, some sneaky good teams down there in the rankings for the mid-major power rankings. So uh, y'all go check it out. It's on our website, uh, 11.7.com. You can't miss it. It's on the homepage, the right-hand screen. Hey, little little pat on the back. We are officially showing up on Google search now as 11.7.com, which is a pretty cool little achievement. Can we retire yet? I don't know about that. I think we need to uh, get about like a hundred thousand views on YouTube and uh, that's time some, some deals with like Nike and stuff like that. Um, we're still a ways away. Yeah, we just need to get Mr. Beast to uh, to come on the show and invest in college baseball. If I was blind, he would have probably. Oh, Mr. Beast should just color your uh, cure your cure. Oh my God, I can't talk. Cure your color blindness um, issue. Hey, I'd be down for that. I'd be really down for that. I, I need to see this this green grass everybody's talking about. Hey, um, by the way, I never asked you about this, and we're getting sidetracked again here. Who cares? I never asked. How was putting on the colorblind glasses? Dude, it was unbelievable. Um, so the best way I can describe it is imagine looking at um, imagine looking at a picture from like that's colored in with colored pencil. That's typically kind of what I see. Like I guess um, it's very just. Do you just see Plain. a newspaper? That's the easiest way to explain it. No, 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 no. So listen, I'm not like white and black colorblind. Um, like some people really have like bad colorblindness. What I do or what I have is like I fall in something like I think it's eight percent of males in the United States have it. It's called like red green colorblindness. There's a really long name, I forget what it's called. Uh, but basically like reds, greens, and um some blues and purples, I guess. The uh they kind of appear more brownish, um, at least what I've been explained. And it's kind of like if you look at a piece of paper that's colored in with colored pencil versus an HDTV, which was like what you would see. Uh, so okay. I can still see colors and like I still have my own perception of reds and greens. But if like it's dark out, like not lit up well, zero chance I see any color. Um, and so what those colorblind glasses did was when I put it on, it just magnified everything. Um, like probably 500%. Yeah, like fi like 500%. There was trees that I always thought was just dead and brown because, uh, you know, it was the winter when I put on the glasses. And there's just still like tons of different greens. Uh, looking at water was sweet. Looking at the sky was cool. Um, it, it's so cool. That's yeah, so it's, cool. it's probably not as cool as I'm like making it out to seem because you well, guys dude, see colors. We take it, it for it, granted. Like, I mean, yeah. like, that's how I, I mean, that's how I, when I was a baby, when I put my hearing aids in for, and I could hear sound for the first time ever in my life, I was 
my eyes were wide open. Same thing. Yeah. I heard a car drive by. I heard a car door shut. When you like flushed the toilet, were you just like, whoa? <laughs> I mean, I was super young, so I don't remember. But it was just what my mom, my parents tell me. It was like, you were just noticing every sound. Car yeah. beeping, um, door, car driving by, people talking. Same thing with you. You're making it sound like a big deal. It's normal to me to see colors. Yeah. For you, it's not normal. It's normal for you to hear. I would have been like, oh, my God, dude. I could hear all these little things. I could hear these things. It's the same concept. It's, 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 it's really interesting. Yeah, and man. Cool. And it really just brought into perspective. Like, There's a lot of people out there that have um, you know, something – you know, sensory issues, whatever it may be. There's a lot of people that can't taste or smell very well, which would be just, I mean, it'd probably be the best thing for me because I would eat healthier. I'd eat the broccoli and the, you know, the the, the okra and the uh, whatever other vegetables. I can't even name another one. Um, but, you know, there's people that, I mean, there's a lot of people in this world that don't have, like, they have, like, sensory issues. They can't see well. They have to wear glasses. They can't, you know, taste or smell, can't hear. And, uh, you know, we're all just our own people, our own people with our own things going on yep. but we all adapt so um speaking of adapting how is how is georgia southern going to adapt to the uh sunbelt this year coming off of a, a remarkable season best season they've had since like the early 1990s um and now they kind of have a target on their back but they're returning a ton of players like a ton of big time players including like noah hey, Lafer. So that mean we're starting with, we're kicking the yeah. things off the sunbelt yeah, that was my that was my transition because I'm just so curious about this conference. Um, fun belt. You, you get Southern Miss and Marshall and James Madison moving in from uh, moving into an the Sun Belt and Old Dominion. Four, I mean, two of those teams are really good. The other two are still solid. Like they'll they'll be comp- they'll be competitive. But the Sun Belt's always been one of the top five or six conferences hey, in we college don't say baseball. Sun belt. We don't fun say belt. Fun, fun belt. belt. Fun belt. And it just got even more fun, funner. More fun. Funner. Is it fun? Is it funner? Funner is not a word. It's more fun, <laughs> but funner is way cooler to say. Uh, um, yeah, from but, the fun belt to the funner belt. The um so as far as the the conference as a whole, I think there could be six teams make a regional. I know that's bananas to say because there's only what 30 at large bids or 32 at large bids. Uh, this is a conference that not possible. What do you mean? There's no way six teams get that large out of this conference. Oh, well, six total teams, five at larges and the conference, the conference champion winner. That would be, that would be an insane year. Well, you think that, but then you, you actually think about what, what is the, what is the committee's goal? And it's all based on RPI. This conference is going to have an unbelievable RPI all year. So I mean, like any win you get in the conference is going to help you. It's not going to it's not going to hurt you to beat um, somebody like App State or Monroe or somebody like that. But I mean, dude, let's go be in the one fifty. There's going to be plenty of teams one fifty to two hundred range still. No, they'll all be less than a hundred. Well, most team, most of the good teams will be way less than a hundred. Okay, one seventy five will probably be the the ceiling or floor. Dimitri, which, I'm talking about. There might be two hosts out of this conference. Of course, like five or six teams are going to get in. Um, you're, I think, you're telling me Georgia Southern can't host again. Southern Miss can't host. I, I, I absolutely think they can. I'm just, I'm just saying this. I mean, last year this conference was number six ranked conference in RPI mm-hmm. last year, and they got adding, better. And they got better. So, 
I don't know. Six is just a big. That is just a. That is an unbelievable year for the Sun Belt. For Southern Sun Miss, Belt. Southern Miss, Louisiana, Georgia Southern, Old Dominion, Coastal Carolina, and then possibly somebody like a South Alabama. Oh, sorry, Texas oh. State. Forgot about Texas State. I, um, I understand, but if if dude, I just I just think the way I think the best case scenario for the Sun Belt this year. By the way, Coastal. It's going to be an iffy team. They, they can be really good, or they can be kind of – they're going to have a slow start again as far as pitching goes. We'll see how Coastal goes. But Southern, Southern Miss, and I would say either Texas State or Louisiana, you can be your, quote-unquote, your three locks to make regionals this year. Coastal and Louisiana. I think all four other, of them are locks, yeah. So you you want to say Louisiana, Texas State, Southern Miss, and Southern. You want to just say they're – Locks. Louisiana, Southern Miss, Georgia Texas Southern, State, Texas Western. State. Those those four are locks. Okay. One of them, one of those four is going to be that first four out area. First four in, first four out area. Just because that's just how it is. They're going to be a 38, 37, 35 to 45 RPI. They're going to be in that area. It's just the way it is because it's too crowded. In the top 40 RPI just gets really crowded. I'm gonna I'm gonna say you're wrong there, and I really think that and why? Old Dominion and why? Uh, well, so yeah, I, I see. Kind of, I think the reason why you're thinking that is because what we expect the committee to do this year um, is like give that last berth or last two berths to the Ole Misses or the um, you know Clemson's you know ACC or SEC team because they think that those last teams in. Team, but that probably what is going to happen. They're going to be. They're, they're going to lean towards, or they're going to be yeah. heartbroken and missed out. Right. Well, so I think that we're on the same page where the committee, if it comes up to a Texas State versus Ole Miss, they're going to put in the Ole Miss just because. And I hate you. I'm not saying anything about Ole Miss because I think they're that's a different story. I'm saying it based off of last year. They won it all as the last team in. Um, but we saw Texas State get ripped off back in 2019 where the committee put in TCU just due to. Uh, what was their explanation? Um, recent postseason history. Their, their uh, recent success. Yeah. And, and the injuries that they battled during the year. So, yeah, I mean, I can see the Sun Belt getting ripped off and, and maybe having a team miss. But I think there's four locks and there's two or three teams that could easily still earn their way in. Like the, the Coastals, Old Dominions, Troy's, South Alabama's. Uh, those teams, those Those teams are very interesting to me. Even Georgia State's getting better every single year and recruiting that Atlanta area hard. Uh, the so I don't know I, I I don't know what their conference tournament layout is now that there's going to be a normal teams. Well, there's 14 teams, so maybe the top eight make it. Which I'm assuming. I think, that, be, I think it's, I, I'm pretty sure last year was top t- t- top 12. Or uh, uh, top ten, and then they have those little play-in games or whatever. Those got rained well, they out. Only, well, they only had like ten teams, right, last year? No, they had remember? twelve. Do you do you remember yeah. the Sun Belt last year? They had like three days of rain, and they just basically went straight into semi quarterfinal. Yeah, yeah, single elimination. Um, so who is uh? So out of this, out of this Sun Belt, do you do you favor more to a Southern Miss team or a Georgia Southern team? Because I think both of them are the top two teams in this conference. And, and I don't want to say by a lot, but by, I think, a, a pretty good margin. 
I just think the West is way stronger than the East in the in the Sun Belt. Um, just like the SEC. I don't know what it is about the West. Maybe Texas and Louisiana are just better baseball school. I hate to say it, but I mean that's the last couple of years looking like that. Um, mm-hmm. We got two national champions out of the state of Mississippi, Louisiana. I mean, shit, LSU is your preseason number one team in the country, but. Um, I I would lean to the West Division with Southern Miss, Texas State, and Louisiana being the by far and away stronger side. It really depends. I, I agree with that. It really just depends on how good Old Dominion and Coastal Carolina are this year, because those two teams, like we we just touched on a little bit, they're going to be hit or miss. Um, they're not going to be an average team either. They're, they're going to be way above average, or they're going to have just a down year. And uh, I expect them both to, both to be above average. Though. I mean. They're both, I think, are going to have a good year. Um, but, but I don't know. I mean, the, the most intriguing thing about this conference is the uh, – you better turn your ringer off right now. Or I'll I, I, turned, I turned it off. I just did. Okay. Um, Texas State was, what, three outs <laughs> three outs away from uh, – <laughs> Texas State was, what, three outs away last year against Stanford from going to a Super Regional and probably – A very far three outs away. Like, yeah. Like, if, but they had, I mean, I know it was a very far three outs, but you should be able to get, I mean, they were up by two, I think. And they gave up I, two. I, I know, I know. But it was just like, they they were so close, but it felt like they were still not, they were still far away. That's, if that makes sense. I guess hindsight's twenty twenty, but I thought they were going to win that regional. I thought they were going to host against I don't know, dude. UConn and that super regional and then make it to Omaha. So they were they were really close to making it Omaha they last year. Obviously, Southern Miss had plenty of talent to get to Omaha and uh, just kind of ran into a, a really hot team there. Um, and then uh, Georgia Southern, I mean, they lost to Notre Dame. I think they had a couple one-run games, and Notre Dame ended up beating Tennessee and, and going to Omaha. Uh, I don't know if Georgia Southern would have beat Tennessee, but it's easy to say by deductive reasoning um, Georgia Southern lost to Notre Dame, who beat Tennessee. So Georgia Southern would have beat Tennessee no, no, too. No, stop, stop, <laughs> stop! Not even close. They would have went up there. Game one, maybe a little bit of game, early in game two would have been like kind of close, but Tennessee would just would have just wore them out. Where they just, yeah. it would have ended up being a blowout, whether it was game two or whatever. Um, yeah. But I wanted to say something about Southern Miss's schedule this year. Okay. We will know very quickly what Southern or Southern Miss's season is going to look like. Liberty, Illinois, Dallas, Mississippi State midweek, Dallas Baptist for three, Ole Miss midweek, Valpo, which is their break, quote unquote, their off weekend, like where they, you know, can breathe a little bit. And then Texas State and Georgia Southern are the first two teams they play to kick off fun bell play. Yeah. Um, I'm pu- I have it pulled up right here. And then, like, at Troy is never easy. Troy is going to have a very good team this year. Oh, and then at I mean, Old Dominion, at Alabama, Louisiana Tech, Coastal Carolina, Tulane. Uh, I mean, geez, man. Like, the end of the year, it does soften up a little bit. But I don't know. I mean, I think you look at you look at Southern Miss on paper, they should be favorited against pretty much everybody that they're playing. Maybe not Georgia Southern. Maybe not – I mean, Dallas Baptist, I think they're better than. I think they're better than Illinois. I think they're better than Liberty. 
I don't know. Um, I mean, we'll get to the Big Ten, but Illinois is not a team to sleep on this year, just like Nebraska, which we'll we'll touch. We'll talk more about oh, I'm, them. I'm fascinated later on. with the Big Ten. We'll do the Big Ten next because I'm fascinated with the Big Ten. I think there's a lot of sleepers. Illinois teams. is a team that is not. I don't think you can just sit there and say Southern Miss is no doubt better than Illinois. Like, well, I have Southern be, Miss is like a top twelve team in the nation right now. They're they're going to make it to Omaha. On speculation so, on paper. Yeah, Southern Miss will make it to Omaha this year. That's one of my locks. They will make it. They will make I it. I love it. I love the boldness right there. Um, yeah. It's a matter of time before they do it again. Um, it just when. But Liberty, not going to be as strong as last year, but they, re- they reloaded. So they're going to be good. Illinois, Dallas Baptist, I would think it's a safe bet to say they're better than last year. Dallas Baptist is better than last year? I think yeah. it's a safe bet to say that. They didn't, they didn't impress me a lot last year. Uh, no, they were I mean, terrible last year, dude. They were not good. Well, I wouldn't say they weren't good. They just weren't as good as what we're used In to. In their standard, to their yeah. typical standard. It was a rebuilding year, but they, they do return a lot of people. And, um, you know, they, they started a lot of young guys last year. So I, I assume Dallas Baptist will be better this year. But I don't, think, I don't think they're as good and as complete as Southern Miss. I look at Southern Miss as one of the most complete teams in the nation. I, let me. I'm going to finish my thing off about Southern Miss. I'm going to end it with this. If they lose two out of those three series, I would not hit the panic button. If I'm a Southern Miss fan, I would not hit the panic button. It's early in the year. Three really good teams. Don't hit the panic button. They're going to figure out the rotation. You're going to figure out your lineup. Um, yeah. If, if by for some reason they lose two of those three out of those three series start the year, don't hit the panic button. They can easily come back and prove all the doubters wrong with Texas State and Georgia Southern. Now, if they let it snowball a little bit, things might get ugly in Hattiesburg. Listen, People are getting irritated. So, I mean, there should I, never be a time to hit the panic button for a college if they snowball for those two weekends to start dumbbell play, they still got like seven weeks left to figure it out. And we all know that's very easily, very capable of being done. So, I just right. think, I just think I wouldn't be surprised if they lose two out of those three series, not because they're not good or anything. It's just, that's just baseball. Hey, Dimitri, they're not, they're not going to. They'll probably end up winning all three of those series. They're not going so you, to. Or they're not going to lose two out of three in two of those three weekends. No shot. Maybe one, man, but I, I think they man. win them all. All right, hold on. You don't think Dallas Baptist can beat them two out of three? No. No? No. You don't think Illinois or Liberty can split a series and maybe steal a game on Sunday? No. Okay, okay, that's fine. That's your opinion. <laughs> I don't. Uh, and if they do, you know, tip a cap. Maybe those teams are better than I think they are this year. But um, no, I think, I've, like I said, some, Southern Miss is one of the most complete teams in the nation. They're not going to beat themselves. Only way to beat them is get deep into their bullpen. But with their with their starting rotation this year, I think they're safe to go six, seven innings every single every single guy. Um, and they're going to hit. They're going to hit a lot better this year than I think they did last year. Uh, they got some good good pieces moving in. Um, they lost and, McGillis offensively. They who else did they? They lost well, McGillis. They lost. Um, I can't. By the way, I can't believe they got, believe like, they got two there. JUCO All Americans. In fact, like one of the JUCO players of the year. 
they got transferring in. They also got one of their starting pitchers. I don't know if he's a starter or a reliever this year, but he was like the D3 pitcher of the year and just absolutely shoved. Um, I also think they have like a Texas Tech transfer. Um, of course, I don't they have did. the names in front yeah. of me. They, I think, you know, you're right. Um, they got a Western Oklahoma. Um, no, that's Montenegro. Duh, duh. I knew that. Um, they got a Tennessee Tech guy. Yeah. Um, they got. Why am I thinking? Let me see. They got one more. Yeah, I don't see. Anyway, point is, they lost Waldrip. <laughs> they lost a couple guys. Nothing that should impact their success hey, this year. What's up? What's up with like all of these these college baseball media companies, like rank, like making. Hurston Waldrip, a first-team All-American, or at least a higher All-American than Tanner Hall. Dude, if you ask me who I want on the mound, I want Tanner Hall on the it's mound because, every single time. He's a better pro pro prospect. Who cares? I'm just I'm just saying that's the only reason why he's a better pro prospect. He had Tanner Hall numbers has than way better Tanner pitch Hall. ability. Yeah. I would take Tanner Hall in a must-win game. I would take Tanner Hall. Thank better you. pitch ability. He knows how to Waldrip. I think. It talented ceiling it beyond it beyond his ceiling is so high of how good he can be. Mm-hmm. You just gotta hone it down. You just gotta hone it all down and become a polished pitcher. And I, I think it really in, just it comes down to him transferring to Florida and then people's eyes like pop open like, oh my God, he's like really freaking it's, good. It's his talent and him transferring to Florida that people are just got their panties in a wad over it. I'm willing to bet Tanner Hall has a better year than, than Waldrip this year. I'm willing to I don't bet think that, I don't think that's a very risky, bold... I don't think that's a hot take at all. No, I think it's very hot in the streets. You, if you asked, like... Uh, in the streets? Aaron, yeah. <laughs> in, if you asked Aaron Fitt, or if you asked... I don't, I don't know what Aaron's take is, um, but you know, ask one of the, the D1 guys or whoever you want to ask in, in the college baseball community. I think most people would lean towards Hurston Waldrip because they ranked him in the preseason All-American, higher than Tanner Hall. But I, I'm, I'm agreeing with you here. I don't think that's a hot take. I think Tanner Hall will have a better year than Hurston Waldrop. And you can say, oh, SEC, better lineup. No. Uh, it, it, it pretty cut and dry, pretty even. Yeah. In terms of the Sun Belt and the SEC. Wait, no, it's SEC not more talented, but you can't say if Tanner Hall had better numbers, you can't say, oh, that's not fair. Waldrop had to face the SEC. Yeah. That's true. That's true. But anyway, let's um, move on. Wait, I want to say, I want to say one more thing about the Sun Belt, and then we can move on. Um, I really like this this Raging Cajun team a lot. Uh, I'm buying into the hype. They they who they, the Louisiana Raging Cajuns. Oh oh oh, absolutely. Matt Deggs, um, one of the best That's coaches. My third best team. Yeah, they they might be. Yeah, they're they're definitely my third best team. But I think at the end of the year, they could potentially be. Number one or number two, um, Matt Deck's one of the best coaches in the country, not just mid-major level, but throughout the whole country. And uh, he, this is year number three or four for him, maybe his fourth season, but the COVID season. Uh, I mean, he's got his guys now. He's got his guys. He's developed them. Same thing he did over at Sam Houston, uh, and they went to a super regional. Like it's going to be a it's going to be a very offensive club that's going to be gritty they're gonna just out they're gonna be in war mode and they're just gonna out like out outplay you you know on the diamond so uh i think one of the sleeper teams 
potentially maybe even one of my teams to make an Omaha run is, is the Louisiana Raging Cajuns this year. I love them. But let's move over to the uh, – I know we're jumping out of order, but let's move over to the Big Ten now because I think we both have a lot of opinions about that conference. Which? The Big Ten. Oh, oh okay, 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 cool. Uh, so I guess kind of summarizing the Big Ten from uh, like the uh, – what's the website called that we used to look up stuff – uh, in high school and middle school where it would give you like the, Perfect you're supposed game. to read it. No, 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 no. I'm talking about in middle school, high school, you you were supposed to read a book for class and spark, spark notes. notes. Yeah. Here's the spark notes. I can't believe it took me that long to, to get that, but spark notes spark for the big notes. 10. Uh, everybody, everybody and their mom loves Maryland and rightfully so the Maryland's going to be the team with the target on their back uh, for big 10 play. And Ray, or is it Ray Vaughn? Is that his name? The head coach, uh, Ron Vaughn? I don't know. Coach Vaughn. You're thinking. Oh. You're thinking of that dude from UCLA, John John Vaughn. No, I'm not thinking of him. Um, no, but it's Vaughn. Uh, uh, Ron Ron Vaughn. Rob 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 Rob. Vaughn. Um, he's incredible coach, and we got to see a little bit of his magic last year when they hosted a regional. Uh, by Great far, regional, by the way. Yeah, and and we said uh, it was gonna be a boring one. That shit was one of the most electric regional. Listen, the Maryland faithful showed out, and they sold out that place six or seven games that they hosted there. Um, and so Maryland, they, uh, I would say that right now I would put them in a tier on their own. Uh, but as Dimitri and I alluded to earlier, there's about three or four sleeper teams in this conference that I think can win it outright, uh, even above Maryland. And the re- one of the reasons why I say that is because this Big Ten conference for the last six, seven years has been just a revolving door. You look at Big Ten champs, you, you know, you can see Michigan in the mix. Um, you know, uh, what am I thinking of? Illinois has been really good. Uh, Indiana, Nebraska, Maryland last year. Iowa. Uh, Iowa has been really good. So it's it's kind of been a revolving door for the teams that have Let's made the postseason. The so the, the top, the top of what? Of the Big Ten, like they'll kind of go start from the top and kind of like we'll you, we'll give our thoughts on Maryland record, oh, Iowa. Oh, oh, I thought you meant like the top alphabetically. I was like, oh yeah, it? alphabetically, who would that be? Here, I'll, you know what? Let's do this. I'll make it easier. Let's eliminate the six teams that I think have no shot at winning this conference. Okay, see here a, we go. See a Michigan State, see a Ohio State, see a Northwestern, see a Minnesota, see a Penn State, see a Purdue. Even though Minnesota did win it in 2017. Or they in had one of the best countries in the country. Yeah, and they hosted a regional, so that was fun. But I think it comes down to Illinois, Michigan, Indiana, Nebraska, Iowa, Maryland, and Rutgers. So let's let's focus on those teams here because I don't think there's a chance we see any of those other teams. Hey, Penn in the, State in the postseason. is going to be better than they have been in the past. I will say that. I hope so. <laughs> but, but you know what's weird when you think of Penn State, like in football, you think, oh, it's a big time school. In baseball, they are irrelevant. Like they are. We we said this. We we dogged them last year too. They're just such. They they seem so irrelevant. Yeah, they recruited me a little bit at a junior like, college. Hey, Hey, if Penn State was coming to Macon for a weekend series, you'd be like, oh my God, Penn State's coming to town? Or would you just be like, oh, cool, Penn State? Like, I'd say, I can't wait to sweep Penn State. <laughs> right? That's what I'm yeah. saying. 
Like you're not like holy shit. Like when Notre Dame came to town, it was like oh my god. Like it was one of the best. That was probably Virginia Tech and Notre Dame coming to our place was like the cool was pretty freaking cool because you know they were coming to us instead of us going to them. So, um, but Penn State would not get that treatment. Absolutely no. not. None. So let's let's quit hating on Penn State. Um, I'll tell you one. <laughs> of, uh, I don't want to just dog on Penn State. Hopefully they are good this year. I just don't expect it. Um, but hey, I, I think that everybody's second best team unanimously is Rutgers, and and what an absolute joke that they didn't make the NCAA tournament last year after winning like forty three games. Um, that is a team that's actually coming to Mercer. I think the second or third weekend, um, and. So Rutgers is one of the best oh offenses. They're going to hit so many home runs. They're going to hit so many home runs because they're a very offensive team. They finished in the top 10 for total runs scored last year, and they didn't even play in the regionals or super regionals or college world series. So that tells me that they were probably first or second during the regular season. Um, and they, they return a lot of guys. Um, they return. Oh man. What's their center fielder's name. That's going to get drafted. Lasko, super high this Ryan year. Lasko? Lasko. Yes. Um, I mean, he's a mini Mike Trout out there. He's a, he's an absolute stud. Um, and I remember watching this, this Rutgers team play a couple times on TV early in the season last year before the hype was there. Um, one of them was when they played Houston Baptist now known as Houston Christian. They went down there last year and, uh, they were just so much bigger and stronger than, than Houston Baptist. I think we talked about this last year. Your dad um, mentioned my, yeah. how big Rutgers looked. Scout Scout Ray Upton. He uh, he went down. So I was watching the game on ESPN Plus, but my dad actually went to the game, and it was the second weekend I want to say. And he 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 texted me or called me, and he was like, uh, "These Rutgers guys are the real deal." I was like, "No way! Like what? A, they're never good." And he's like, watch, they're going to make some postseason uh, madness this year. These guys can really hit. And then, sure enough. You sure know, they got, freaking enough. They, they ended up coming in second in the Big Ten. So, so uh, how about this? Here's a question for you. Mm-hmm. Before we get into these, some of these other teams, Rutgers or Maryland? Who, who am I taking? Let's, just, let's say Rutgers is red 10 and Maryland is black 5. Who are you putting your your chips on? That's a good way to put it. Uh, so since we haven't seen like repeat champions in the Big Ten in a while, I'm gonna I'm gonna say Rutgers. I uh, I think they got a taste of it last year, and this is the year that they 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 eat the whole thing. They just eat it all. Team, a disrespected team is a very dangerous team. I can see the headlines now uh, on Selection Sunday. Rutgers is hosting a regional. If they're I don't know if they're able to or not with their field dimension or the field situation but Rutgers is a one seed in a regional and it's like yeah we did this because you guys left us out last year hey but I, I, I love it so much that I'm not saying I love that Rutgers missed the tournament or I love when any team missed the tournament it's heartbreaking we all know that mm-hmm. but it just makes you realize how special it makes it it keeps it so special when you do make the postseason yeah, dude, it's like hard, it's, a, it's a weird dynamic that I'm trying to explain here. Yeah, they got their heartbroken, they're sad, whatever. But it makes it so much freaking sweeter when you do make it at that yeah. larger or think whatever of, the case may be. Think of this: there's 31 conferences this year, I believe, and there's only 64 bids. So 
31 of the bids have already taken. And then you're going to get 8 to 10 SEC, 8 to 10 ACC teams in there, um, and 5 or 6 Big 12 teams, uh, and then at least 4 from maybe from between 4 and 6 from the Pac-12. You're already looking at like maybe 8 or 9 at-large bids to, to, yep. to choose from there. It's nuts. It, it's so hard, man. And uh, so it, it's definitely a special thing to make the tournament. I never did in my – my four years of college, I never made the tournament. I know you did twice, right? But it just allows you to uh, to kind of put yourself on that perspective of, man, these kids are trying just to get to that tournament. They're, they're thinking about Omaha, but at the end of the day, they're just trying to survive and survive in advance, keep the season I think going. Rutgers and Iowa missing the tournament last year was pretty a big deal. Rutgers more so deserved yeah. it than Iowa. But Iowa was also a tournament and qual a postseason quality team. What and was the story on Iowa? Team. What was what? the story? Like they had a super high RPI that was like kind of random. Um like their win win loss record wasn't great, but their their RPI was you know inflated or uh, abnorm abnormally high. I, I can't remember exactly what what their story was and why they should have made it to the tournament. I'm not sure where you're going. I'm not sure where you're going with this. Um but all I was going to say is Iowa is a team that all eyes are be on record in Maryland. Iowa's got one of the best pitching staffs in the country this year. Yeah, I know. I saw – I was following their – Every single inning. I was following one of the guys. I think he works for Perfect Game uh, or maybe Prospect Live. But he was tweeting out video clips of their pitchers this fall. And, uh, yeah, they look nasty. And they, and they have one of those pitching labs where they were one of the first teams to really buy into the analytics – uh, back in like 2016 ish. We talked to somebody about this about Iowa's mm-hmm. pitching lab. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, they're they're just going to be they're going to be a pristine shape, and they're they're basically the Midwest version of Vandy. Who, uh, when I say like Midwest version of Vandy, I'm not saying as far as success goes, but I'm I'm, I'm saying more as far as like development, development and recruiting. Um, they're they taking go- they're taking a quote unquote a two star and turning him into a four. Vandy's yeah. taking a four star and turning him into a first rounder. What is that yeah. a six star? <laughs> I guess. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I don't think six star exists. But Iowa, I love Iowa. I love the Hawkeyes. Um, I Brody Brech might be a sleeper. I don't know if he's a sleeper or not, but for pitcher of the year. I mean, that guy. Pretty freaking good. You're, you're talking Big Ten Pitcher of the Year, right? Not Country Pitcher of the Year, correct? Yeah, Pitcher of the Year in the Big Ten. Okay, that's fair. Um, I mean, you got Savick. I mean, you, you're you're competing with some other studs in the Big Ten. I will say the Big Ten has pitching this year. Yeah. How many teams do you think get into the tournament? Um. I want to. I want to. I'm going to go ahead and go. I'm going to just say three. Three. What was last year? Just two, right? Last year with two: Michigan, Maryland. Michigan, Maryland. See, I think I, I love this Indiana team too. I don't know I what to think three. about. I don't want to. I don't want to put all my chips on the table for Michigan yet, but I do think again they're going to be good. Uh, I, I, I mean, we, see. I'm out on Michigan. I think this is it, is the one is it because Backish left? Because that can't be. No, a real no, reason, right? I mean, partially, but it's more of like a 
hit the reset button. This is my program. I gotta I gotta build it correctly instead of just going in the portal and just getting Juco guys and trying to stay alive. Like it's gonna backfire. You sometimes when you do that. I yeah. think Michigan I, they lost them. I think they lost two of their best guys. Weiss the bull the closer went to Clemson, mm-hmm. and yeah. then they lost another guy to Clemson with Dakich. So, and who well, I don't know. I don't have it in front of me how many draft guys they had. So Michigan, this is more of the hey, let's get some of the younger guys in and let's build a foundation for the next three years. Mm-hmm. That's what I would do if I'm a head coach. I I try not to get too greedy. Obviously, you want to make the postseason. Obviously, you, you're that's your job to win ball mm-hmm. games, but. If you do that this year and then your JUCO guys leave and now you have nobody, now you have to start your fourth with starting freshmen. Yeah. It's, it gets ugly. It, it can get ugly. So I think that's what I would do if I were Michigan. It, right. It, it, it becomes like not sustainable for the whole year. Um, I, I, I'm looking at like this Maryland and Rutgers are one, two. And then between three through five, I think two more, I think four teams get in the tournament. Um, so Maryland, Rutgers, I think both. Three. Both will get in, and then I think you get two of these next three teams in between Indiana, Nebraska, and Iowa. Um, I'm leaning right now Iowa and Indiana, but this Nebraska team does catch my attention quite a bit. They lost a lot of one- and two-run games last year. They were very young. They were coming off that like really emotional uh, Fayetteville Regional where they almost beat the, the Kings themselves, the Arkansas Razorbacks, um, who was the best team in 2021. Um, so coming into 2022, there was high expectations, but they just couldn't fulfill um, with their young with their young roster. So I, I think Nebraska could potentially make a lot of noise in the Big Ten. It would not surprise me if they actually won no. it. But I, I don't know if they're quite regional ready, at least based off of my prediction here. But I think you'll see Iowa and Indiana make the tournament. Indiana is going to be very, very offensive again. Uh, and that's just a damn good program in the Big Ten. They just they do the things the right way. They have a great following, uh, great recruits, and they're just big, strong guys that that you know are physically up to par with anybody else in the nation. So uh, I like Indiana a lot this year too. I'm actually going to check Indiana's schedule real quick. I did not do that before, but I know they have a very tough schedule in the, the beginning. Yeah, they do. They're at Auburn, at Texas, so and then at ECU for a midweek. So. We'll find out in the first eight games how good this team is. Um, but it's not – you don't push the panic button if you start one and seven. <laughs> don't do not do that. There's still a lot of season left, and that's just going to prepare you for Big Ten play, make it a little bit easier. I think I, – honestly, I think Nebraska did a phenomenal job scheduling this year. Mm-hmm. At San Diego for four, at South Alabama for three, home versus Bandy. Um, it says at Hawaii, but I think I mean, oh yeah, duh! It's that tournament. It's the uh, which tournament? I have it written down in front of me. The Hawaii Ole Miss. What tournament is that? Is that the what Arizona tournament? Classic or the Los Angeles Classic? It's one of those tournament. Um, I'll tell you right now that tournament. I think I have it written down. Is that the MLB one in in Arizona? No, that MLB Classic is opening weekend. That MLB Classic tournament is Tennessee, Grand Canyon, UC, the Triton, the San Diego, Michigan, Michigan State. The March 3rd, Louisville, Michigan, Rice, Texas Tech, TC. No, that's not it. That's the Shriner. What tournament is with Hawaii? I can't remember. I'm going to look up their schedule. 
Well, we need Nebraska. answers now. You're just teasing us. Anyway, the reason why I love that schedule that they have is you're setting yourself up to win quality game. Like San Diego and South Al are going to be decent RPI-wise at the end mm-hmm. of the year, where it's going to help you. But those are also games you can go three and one, two and one, and start the year six and two or five and two. Right. And you're feeling good. You have confidence, but they're also quality wins. Um, you know what I mean? It's a really good job scheduling. Nebraska is also one of those teams that when they're good, it makes college baseball better. Um, I, I touched on it just a second ago. Oh, but that 2021 magic was sweet uh, when Nebraska was back. Um, and, uh, you know, they were selling out crowds during Big Ten play. Yeah. And what's their field call you played at it with Corn uh, Corn Husker Field? <laughs> By the way, that tournament is that Minnesota one. They play in the uh, Viking Stadium. Oh, I hate that tournament. I hate it so un- aesthetically unpleasing, just ugly. And it just reminds me of those perfect game showcases there where kids, <laughs> they would do up there in the, in, in the trop and wherever. But Bandy, Hawaii, and Ole Miss and Nebraska are playing in, in Minnesota, are playing in that uh, Minnesota, the Vikings classic, whatever you want to call it. Um, just scheduled by Nebraska, though. And then, hey, what's Nebraska's field called? Haymarket Park. Haymarket Park. That place needs to be sold out this year. I, I hope. I hope Nebraska is good. They, they, they're just good. I mean, for college hopefully, baseball. global warming keeps going and it keeps getting warmer. Oh, who cares? Who cares about the first yeah. couple months? I want to see sold out crowds in March, April, and May. That's what I'm That's saying. Fun. Okay. Uh, and yeah, so Illinois. I mean, I think I. I think. I think I was. I think Iowa finishes in front of Rutgers in the standing this year. You think that's a hot take? No. I think Iowa second, maybe first. I I just think Maryland is too strong. You're either going to be very right about Iowa or they're going to be be much better. (laughs) Um, Hey, let's do Conference USA next. It's a Conference uh, USA. It's a new 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 look for the conference. You lose. You basically trade Southern Miss for Dallas Baptist, um, which, in some people's eyes, like that might be an even trade uh, as far as what you get from each program. Uh, now Dallas Baptist doesn't have football or basketball. I think they're just baseball school and other smaller sports. But um, no more Southern Miss there. They've kind of run that conference for the last. Well, other than the couple of years, Louisiana Tech was really good. Can you update um, me real quick? Dallas yeah. Baptist entered Southern Miss, Old Dominion, are, and Marshall are out. Yep. So we're it. only looking at uh, 11 and teams. Then, so Middle Tennessee State, Rice, Charlotte, wait, Florida International. Wouldn't that be 10? Middle Tennessee State, Rice, Charlotte, Florida International, Western Kentucky, Florida Atlantic, UAB, Louisiana Tech, UTSA, Dallas Baptist. Yeah, that is 10. I can't count, man. And uh, but I, I will say this: there's four teams in this in this conference, maybe five, maybe six. Wow, actually, I like six of these teams a lot. Um, I kind of forgot, <laughs> dude. I like everybody, dude. Dude, I I kind of forgot that uh, that Charlotte was in here, and I also forgot that UTSA was in it. Um, UTSA is one of my sleeper teams in the whole country. Those guys can ball. They're gonna be they're gonna be really freaking good this year. Um, but they had a phenomenal Conference USA tournament run last year. They did, and and they're they're returning a lot of those guys. A lot of them are coming back. Um, but I mean, I think at the end of the day, we would both agree that 
Louisiana Tech, Dallas Baptist, one two right there. And then you'll get you'll mix in the the Charlotte, Florida Atlantic, UTSA, um, maybe maybe a Rice. I know Rice has been trash, but you know them hiring Jose Cruz Jr. as the head coach. I think that was a good move, and they got a lot of transfers coming in. So, see, the, that's what see, I don't. I think that's such bad. I think Cruz. He probably wasn't ready for the recruiting to recruit young, talented high schoolers. I mean, the JUCO route might work for Rice, but you know, academically, it's hard to bring a JUCO guy into Rice. Am I wrong? No, I mean, yeah, it's really hard. They never did it for a while. They would only get like San Jack players, but that was just to get their grades up. But no, I mean, Rice is going to be, I think Rice is going to be just fine this year. They've had some absolute clunker years the last few. But they're uh, they're way more talented this year. And I was watching – or not watching, but I was reading some of the stuff from the fall. They uh, they have some dudes throwing mid-90s now, which we haven't seen from them in a while. And then they have a, a few offensive bats that um, – because they have, like, the whole hit tracks thing or whatever you want to call it where you can see, like, exit velocities and launch angles. Everything looks great for them there. Um, they just got to win it on the field. They got to they gotta be able to get back to that. Like we're we're going to be the top of conference USA. We won it seventeen straight years from the nineties and early two thousands. We got to get back to that dominance. But um, I'm not putting any kind of marbles in Rice. I think if they have a great year, then that's fantastic, good for them. But it wouldn't surprise me if they finish at the bottom of this conference again. Uh, I'm just try- trying to have a little bit of hope as a, as a Rice fan. Um, but let's focus more on the top here. I think Louisiana Tech, in my opinion, is the most complete team here. I'm not saying the best team, but the most complete team. They lost a lot. I know they lost a lot of their, their weekend rotation, but they're they're, they're I mean they're, I think they're, they're to I the point we, now where they're such a household like recognized name amongst high school players and JUCO players, where they're gonna get the top guys. Um and, and Louisiana they recruit from Louisiana, Texas, Mississippi, Oklahoma, Arkansas, Tennessee. They they have the the same recruiting profile is the teams in the Sun Belt, teams in the SEC, Big 12, and they could steal some talent from those um, in, in the transfer portal. So I, I, like I said earlier, Dallas Baptist is kind of a question mark for me and the fact that are they going to be elite or are they just going to be pretty good again? Um, I don't know. I haven't, I haven't seen much of them, but Louisiana Tech and UTSA, Dallas Baptist and Charlotte, I believe UTSA Charlotte. I love. Yeah, those those four teams really excite me. And then, you know, Florida Atlantic is always going to be competitive, and they're going to end up at some point in the season. They're going to be in first place in the conference. Um, they they tend to be streaky, at least in recent years, and they'll start like they'll go on like a ten and two conference run <laughs> at some point. So, um, but man, that that is. I don't want to sit here and say Conference USA is competing with the Sun Belt right now, but it is pretty freaking close. I mean, I yeah. mean, don't get hey, hey, last year, last year, Conference USA was the fifth ranked RPI conference, and Sun Belt was sixth. Yeah, okay, you're you, you're losing Southern Miss and Old Dominion, but you're adding Dallas Baptist, and so it's like, and Dallas Baptist always has a super high RPI. They, like, they play people, they play teams. Mm-hmm. They're always top ten RPI, or not always, so, but so I mean, 
Louisiana Tech, UTSA, Dallas Baptist, FAU, Charlotte. And then your Middle Tennessee, Marshall and Rice, and even FIU. And even like these, some of these teams, they're going to, they can beat you on any weekend. So, um, yeah, but there's I'm gonna, not, I'm a, gonna, there's I'm, not a, I'm going to have to roll. I'm going to, uh, I don't, I hate rolling with Dallas Baptist here, but well, we don't, we don't have to make picks here. That's next. No, no, we're not. I'm not, but I'm just saying my top three would be Charlotte, UTSA, and probably Louisiana. Oh, I, I just don't see Dallas Baptist. No, being no, worse. no. Charlotte's going to be fourth. It's going to be Louisiana Tech, Dallas Baptist, UTSA. Those are the top three, in my opinion. FAU might be three over UTSA, flip vice versa. But I don't know. Charlotte is going to be strong, I think, this year. But, okay, whatever. um, So this is one of those conferences that potentially – I think I I don't see more than two or three two bid three max. If, if yeah, there would have to be in. there would have to be some chaos if uh, if they were to get a third or fourth team in there. But I think two bids is is automatic here. Probably probably three unless something like weird happens with the with the automatic. I would say three is a good bid. Yeah, I, I would go with three. Um, all right, let's do uh, let's do the American here real quick, just because for some Which reason I was. The American. I always pair Conference USA with the American. They're they're one A one B in my opinion, just because they're 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 top heavy. But there's no easy weekends. Um, so the American, of course, is going to be led by East Carolina. They're they're going to get to Omaha too. Spoiler alert. You can go I ahead and pencil in. Here. You can go ahead and pencil in Southern Miss and East East Carolina. I think both of those teams. No, nope, the other. No, they're both getting in. They're both do one or the other. They both have the talent, and I think this year they're going to have a little bit of postseason magic. They've just had way too much experience in the regionals and super regionals to not get in. Um, now the committee might screw over East Carolina again and throw either you know who was it Texas last year, Vanderbilt a couple years ago. Uh, they might throw in somebody in the super regional matchup to. You think to get... you think they got screwed by having to face Texas? No. I didn't oh. say screwed. I just think like that that was a much tougher region to be paired up than somebody like because Texas just played so well at that field. I don't they, know. East Carolina got lucky that they didn't have to face the winner of the Georgia Southern Regional, which would have been Notre Dame. Because that? geographically that would or Arkansas coming out of Chapel Hill right down the road. So like they they didn't they didn't get screwed, I wouldn't say because Texas with the, with the the lesser of those teams, Notre Dame, Arkansas, in no Texas. No way. What are you talking about? At the end of the year, Texas was not the same first place Texas. Are you kidding me? They had one of the best rotations in the country and the Golden Spikes winner. Ben, the Texas we saw in April was not the Texas we saw in May. I'm pretty sure they swept their regional and they like had no – it was a cakewalk for them. Louisiana Air Tech Force. was in it, Air Force. and I mean, they had Air Force. They had who? Dallas? No, not Dallas. Air Force. Yeah, it was Louisiana Dallas Baptist. Dallas Louisiana Baptist and Louisiana Tech. Tech. Yeah, they swept through that thing. Piece of cake. Okay, and then I mean, they did not have a – they had a one-man crew, and then Tristan Stevens was struggling all year. He was You're getting saying... hammered every week. They had a closer that could barely close a game. And then they had Gordon, who came out of nowhere as a lefty guy and did a really good job. But 
Texas was not a, uh, one of the best teams. They were not top four. They were not top four in the country at the end of the year. Okay. Top five, whatever. All right, fair enough. Do, do you do? You, I mean, I'm. I, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I'm, like, I'm not going to agree with you. I'm not going to agree with you, but I think I'm done disagreeing because you brought up some good points. I would have, if I was East Carolina, I would have rather seen. Hurt. I would have rather seen North Carolina come in. I would rather seen Arkansas, Notre Dame, UConn. Um, hell, I would have probably even rather seen Stanford come in because at least you would have a legitimate home field advantage if Stanford was there, uh, not. Yeah, but I'm talking about geographically similar areas. It, your chances were North Carolina, Arkansas, just because of they were on the east, eastern coast, I want to say. Even Miami, they would have gotten Ole Miss coming into town. I'm trying to think of te- uh, Notre Dame over there, whoever, Louisville. They would have smacked. They would have smacked Louisville. Smacked them. I think I agree with you. Uh, I think I would. I, I think that I think East Carolina would have been in Omaha if they faced Louisville, right? But I at the too. same time, that Louisville team in a small Cracker Jack ballpark could have been bad news. <laughs> it is a Cracker Jack ballpark. The ball flies there. Fences are short. Um, but anyways, let's let's quit let's, talking let's, about let's last talk year. About, let's talk about the freaking yeah. American East. We're talking about last year. Yeah. So the not the American East, the American. So, um, look, I have a lot of high hopes for, for Houston this year. They, they need to bounce back. It, they have everything that a recruit wants. They got unbelievable indoor facility, good alumni uh, associations that, that just pour money into that place, great facilities, great coaching staff. Houston's been down the last couple of years, but it's a team that's hosted a regional in the last five or six years, um, and they've just been bad. So, Hopefully this is their turnaround year, um, and I think it might be. Uh, I, I like the Cougars a lot. I also really like Memphis. Is like a not like a sleeper to win the conference, but Memphis got Carrick Jackson, who's one of the best coaches in the game as well. Uh, was at Georgetown for a while, then went to Team USA for a little bit. Um, maybe this might not be Memphis's year to like actually be above five hundred, but for a team that kind of plays spoiler. Um, you can't take them lightly anymore. And I think that this is just the beginning for them. Um, just shout out coach Jackson. Great guy. Um, but at the end of the day, UCF, ECU, Houston, and then I don't know about Tulane this year. Maybe, you know, more than I do, but the coaching change, the transfer portal, all of that. Oh, they got, plus, they got decimated. They got yeah. their decimated. This is going to be a rebuilding year for the Green Wave, and it sucks because we've been such Green Wave, fa- Green Wave fans all year. Off my head, Ben, Tulane lost two guys to uh, – to, they lost two guys to Wake. They lost two guys to Mississippi State, and they lost another guy to somewhere else. But they got decimated. Yeah, and they lost their coach. He's at, what, USC now? Where did Jewett go? Um, Where did Jewett go? Well, let's just go to the D1 baseball coaching carousel. I'm yeah. Sure. I don't, with it with Jewett, right? Yeah, Travis Jewett Travis left. Jewett. Travis Jewett, they got, USC. Hitting coach, assistant, um, he's at USC. Yeah, and Stankiewicz is the head coach now at USC, right? Hitting coach at USC. Yeah, because Grand Canyon's head coach went to USC 
and then he brought Jewett with him, right? Grand Canyon head coach left or recruiting coordinator went to Ohio State. Grand Canyon head coach, um, where did he go? Where did he go? USC. Yeah, he went to Andy Stankiewicz. He went to USC. Yeah, yeah, yes. Stankiewicz went to USC, and then uh, Grand Canyon's assistant went from Ohio State back to Grand Canyon. That's what it was. You're right. so where did we, so Travis Jewett, the the coach from Tulane, that built everything. So now he's an assistant at USC. Yep. Are we a hundred percent on that? And he, he's under Andy Stankiewicz. Yes. Okay. Travis Jewett is at USC. That's interesting. Yep. And Andy Stankiewicz left Grand Canyon, went to USC. Wow. And, and that's why they call it the carousel, man. Carousel. And that was when, yeah, but we're getting sidetracked back to focus on the AAC. Tulane, dude, Tulane, I think the biggest battle for Tulane this year to not be last. No, don't say that. I'm not not joking. Dude, not not be last place? Do not be in last place. I mean, they were only three games out of last last year, and they lost everybody. Okay, that's a good point. Um, yeah, and I, I honestly haven't done too much research on South Florida, Wichita State, and Cincinnati. Um, I hope Cincinnati one of the, yeah, Cincinnati's going to be good. And same with like South Florida. Pe- people sleep on those two teams, but they both made it to a regional. Um, twenty when when was last twenty twenty one, and South one was in twenty nineteen. Yeah, for twenty twenty one, and then uh, Cincinnati went to a super in uh 2019 against oregon state or one of those schools no that's michigan oh michigan you're right michigan ended up winning that regional but yeah they 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 had that huge miracle run in the conference tournament i don't know man i think there's this is a one bid league maybe two if like somebody wins the conference Houston needs to step up it could easily be it could be it could be a three bid league houston steps up and ucf steps up I think I, I think it, I think UCF has been the last couple of years. They've been pretty consistent. They're yeah. they've been a good team. I think Houston is the one that needs to step up. They're they've been they they have too much history as a dominant program yeah. to be doing this. It's time for them to it's time for them to step. They got freaking forty thousand people. You can feel the, a com- really good twenty five man roster. Forty thousand what? Oh, enrollment. I'm I'm just j- kind of joking. Oh, okay. Um, they have like, like 40,000 kids. Same thing with UCF. It's got like 50,000. Yeah. Pretty pretty fun schedule for Houston. I'm looking at it right now. I mean, they, they play – they host Cal. They play um, Oklahoma for three, Minnesota. They're at Minnesota for three. Got some good midweeks. I mean, all these Texas schools are going to have great midweeks just because, you know, there's so many teams within two, three hours – um, yeah, I think Houston's kind of like that that pick the click team. You know, are they gonna are they gonna actually show up and, and play a full season, or are they gonna you know be duds again? Um, but I think I mean it's we would be crazy not to say East Carolina won't come in first. Like they they got to they got to come in first. They'll probably host a regional. Um, I think they go to Omaha. Um, we'll see. The yeah, jungle, so those, they deserve it. Yeah, they do. Um, as far as like the conferences that I was most interested in, as far as 
non ACC, Big 12, SEC. I think we kind of hit on them. I mean, of course, there's going to be you know good talent in the in like the Big West. Let's, let's talk about the Big West real quick. Actually, I am interested in them because the I, Big I, West has been very yeah. disappointing. Very disappointing the last couple of years. Um, teams like Fullerton, UC Irvine, Long Beach State Long Beach have been just disappointing. Very disappointing, and even like Santa Barbara. Credit to them; they they still win the conference every year, and they, they're they're leaps and bounds ahead of their competition um, right now. But they still just haven't had the exciting. Was it 2019? They were unbelievable um, with like draft picks and stuff. And of course, they made it the College World Series in 2016 ish, 14 to 16. That was 2014. Um, but yeah, this is a conference that the most exciting thing last year was was Cal Poly. Um, just because of, uh, you know, they, they kind of surged. Yeah, Brooks Lee in the surge to second place. And we, don't, we never really thought about Cal Poly as a baseball school, but boom, they had one of the best draft prospects in the country. But out of the team, let me, I'm going to list off some teams. Let's, tell me which one you think will rise to the occasion this year. Uh, Cal State Fullerton, UC Irvine, Long Beach State. That three-headed dragon. It's that, time. It, 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 it damn time. It's about damn time. These schools step up. The Big West needs to show the hell up. I mean, it, it's ridiculous. Santa Barbara has been a one. It's been a one big league, one bid league. Santa Barbara just cruise control through the whole year. And I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't want to disrespect. I mean, what they've done is impressive. They they mm-hmm. absolutely steamroll through this conference every year. The past couple of years. But it's time for somebody else to step up. There's no way the Big West should not have two teams in the postseason every single year, minimum. Minimum, right. And and just going off the history of these schools, um, I mean, you can't tell the story of college baseball without Cal State Fullerton and without Long Beach State. Um, and then even UC Irvine has had two or three World, College World Series appearances in the 2000s, which is, like, very hard to do. You're, like, in a very – you know, pristine, uh, prestigious category, uh, multiple trips to Omaha. Big so, West, ben, the Big West was the 20th best conference in the country last year, RPI-wise. That's a joke, They man. were behind the Southland. They were behind the Ivy League. They were behind the OVC, behind the A-Sun, behind the Big East, behind the CAA Colonial, like behind the Southern Conference. The Ew. Big West should never be behind those conferences. I don't care who, what, and these where. These are baseball first schools, man. Like baseball comes first to these schools. Even at like UC San Diego and UC Davis and uh, Cal State Bakersfield, all of these are baseball first schools. Um, like they don't care Hawaii. about the basketball program. Hawaii, Hawaii might Hawaii might be a football first they're football. School. They're a football school, <laughs> but but they have Hawaii Island for baseball as well. So yeah, man, it's a it's a shame. And just summarize this in a few words. Do you think so, th- anyway, that they can? I, this conference I, will be back next year. Let's talk about twenty twenty three, Ben. Let's talk about yeah. the Big West twenty twenty three. Santa Barbara, they're the standard. We both know that. Long Beach and Irvine look like they're. They're they're in in good shape to rebound. Their roster looked pretty good. A little bit of turnover, but for the most part, they return a good amount of guys. Here's my favorite team, and it's a sleeper pick. It's a risky cliff jump type of pick, but I'm I think this is the year Cal State Fullerton makes their way back. 
I love. They return. Back to what? <laughs> back to what? Back, back to tasting the postseason. Okay, I don't, so regional. I don't, I don't okay. know if they make a regional this year, but Ben, they return so much. They return a lot. They got a transfer from Pepperdine, a weekend rotation, another ace. Their schedule is so hard that it's going to make the rest of the season easier. They start open up with Stanford, then they play Michigan, then they play Texas, their first three series of the year. Jesus. They're super <laughs> old. They have a lot of talent. Um, I went through the whole entire – I went through the transfer portal because that was like one of my teams that caught my eye and I dug deeper. They lost zero impactful transfers. They didn't have a single senior – on their pitching staff last year with meaningful innings. And they lost their top two. I want to say their top two best hitter, mm-hmm. but they replaced them and they had a bunch of younger guys. So I love, I love Fullerton. They get Santa Barbara at home, Long Beach at home, which is really helpful in terms of trying to win the big West. So that's my, that's one of my favorite, um, just spoiler alert. They're one of my top five favorite mid-major team. Um, this year, and when we when I say favorite, it doesn't mean I think they're going to Omaha, but it means I think they're going to be way better than last year, and they're going to ex- exceed expectation. When, when you say favorite, you mean like you're going to enjoy watching them play this year. You're going to turn on their games when they're televised, like that. I'm going to watch. I'm going to watch more Fullerton games than normal. Yes. Hey, there's something about turning on the TV and and or the computer, whatever you want to stream it on, and seeing Fullerton wear like the the orange jerseys. Yeah, with the stirrups, pinstripe pants, it's a great look. It just brings it, so much That's nostalgia there. Yeah, um, for me, I mean, I think uh, if UC Irvine, Cal State Fullerton, and Long Beach State—if none of those three, ste- none of those three teams step up and at least be competitive to win that conference, then that conference is dead to me. They're just dead. <laughs> hey, you uh, don't want to be on Ben's shit list. It's a bad. Yeah, list. I just won't. I won't tune in. I won't watch the games. I won't look at them. It just until they're back, I, I won't care. It it sucks because I love those teams and like I grew up watching those teams and playing with them in NCAA baseball 07 and 06. Give me of those three teams. Give me your favorite. I don't know how much research you've done. How familiar you no, are. Yeah, I've I've done a deep dive into uh, into UC Irvine. Just because I think that they're still, what do you at, think? At least above the curve, I think UC Irvine would be my favorite of those three. Um, they just play a different style of baseball there, and they're very consistent. And last year, I think that they were they were kind of out of place. Um, they didn't have the RBI like people that dro- drove in runs, you know, consistently in the middle of the order. Um, I think I think it was due to youth. I don't want to make an excuse for them, but um, I didn't look at their, their their classifications. But it just seems like a bunch of guys that were hitting 260 that just couldn't put the ball in the gaps or over the fence. But I, I, I think this year UC Irvine, just based on like the D1 baseball report that I read, um, was, was my favorite of those three teams. In fact, let me pull that up here real fast. I'm sure um, – you know, it might have been Baseball America that I was reading it from. I don't remember who it was, but the, um, the I, like, I like the Anteaters the best. I think they're just more more of a complete team. By the way, 
uh, if you would have put a gun to my head and said, like, is Pepperdine in this conference? I would have said yes. Completely forgot Pepperdine was in the uh, the West Coast Conference. For some reason, I always picture them in the uh, the Big West. Is that bad to say? Is that showing a sign of weakness for me? Um, Are you ignoring I don't me? Know the here, but <laughs> yeah, I had to take. I couldn't hold it. I had to, I had to go to the bathroom. So Ben was just chit chattering. I don't know how long he lasted. Oh, I, I mean, I didn't do very well. I said, if you would have put a gun to my head, I would have said Pepperdine was in the Big West, not the West Coast Conference. It just, just reminded myself of that when I was going through it. So, what do you think, Pepperdine? No, they're not in this conference. I know that's what that you, you were peeing when I when I said that. Yeah, I think I said I, I for some reason I thought Pepperdine was in this conference and I was about oh, to talk oh. about them, but they're not. They're in the West, the West Coast Conference. Yep. Um, yeah, I mean, honestly, we I think we said enough about the Big West. Pretty simple. Santa Barbara's the standard. Time for another team to step up and dethrone them. It's that yeah. simple. Yeah. All right. Um, let's do uh let's do a little bit of the big three now. Uh, or big big four. Let's do let's Missouri go. Valley and then kind of hop into the uh power power one, like the SEC ACC. Yeah. So Missouri Valley, look, I have a sleeper team for the Missouri Valley. I'm gonna go out and say it. The Evansville Aces, man. The Evansville Aces, Purple Aces, sorry. Um, I mean, they have the uh, probably the best pitcher in the conference, in Nick Smith, and he's a uh, he's a freaking bulldog on the mound. And they also have a guy. His name is like Schellenberger, Schellenberger, Schellenberg, something like that. Um, Who? Out, uh, for Evansville, Schellenberger, Schellenbach, Schellen. Schallenberger. Yeah, I mean, he's an absolute animal. Um, I think that now that Dallas Baptist has left, I'm going to pick Evansville to win this conference. And or actually, it's not. We're not supposed to make picks. I'm I'm all in on this Evansville team. They are. They were really good last year. Turned some heads. This is the year they put it all together. Um, they have pro talent on their team. It's the first time in a while. Um, and then, uh, you know, of course, Missouri State made a run to the regionals by winning that conference tournament last year. Southern Illinois is always really good. Indiana State's always really good. Um, but I think I think Evansville is a team that not only can make it to a regional, like they have the potential to get to a super um, with Nick Smith on the mound. He's going to be lights out for him this year. Um. Southern Illinois, back-to-back 40-win season. Haven't made a regional since 1990. That's incredible. That's incredible. (laughs) Like, this is time for this team to make it. And Dallas Baptist out of the way. Mm -hmm. Um, It's time for this team to make it. Missouri State, dude. They have no pitching, man. They have no. They, this year, they're they're very unproven, and that's a word I don't really like. To, I never use that word, but they just they have a bunch of unestablished guys. So they could be good. They could be really bad again. They could be Oklahoma State Stillwater Slugfest type of team again. Yeah, where you blow a ten nothing lead to Oklahoma State. Um, you know who I really like in this conference. Just because I love teams that have a full rotation, have a pitching staff, I think that goes a long way in terms of 
success over the whole season, Illinois State. Illinois State, who just released some unbelievable throwback hats today. Uh, I saw Really? I need to check that out. Dude, it looks just like LSU, but instead of LSU, it's ISU, and it's like red and gold. Really cool throwback hat. I'd look that up right now, but I really like Illinois State. They've got the pitching. They've got like – they're they're important positions, shortstop, catcher, center field, kind of up those that middle up the middle of the field position. Mm-hmm. Really, they have established guys, so I think that I think Illinois State is one of my favorite teams to exceed expectations this year. Right, so um, I, I, going on that trend, I think Belmont is a team for me moving from the OVC into the Missouri Valley Conference. Uh, Missouri State both left the OVC and moved into the M. Wow, MVC. That's so weird to say. MVC. Um, but I think Belmont is is definitely a team that they were close last year. Um, I think they lost to, was it Southeast Missouri uh, in that crazy OVC championship game? There was like a couple tornado delays or something during that. Um, but yeah, Belmont, I think, is a, uh, a team that has always been really good at baseball, um, even whenever I played in the OVC for that one year. They have major league talent. Um, I forget his name. Matt Beatty plays for the Dodgers. He was he was a Belmont guy, and uh, and yeah, I mean, all those guys were at Belmont when I was in school. Yeah, was was Belmont in your conference then? No, they were my conference. What am I saying? They were my conference for three years, two years. Yeah, and then they came to the OVC. That's right. We they were in the Atlantic Sun with us. Yeah, Belmont just doesn't know what conference they want to be in, but I think they found a good place here. Uh, Missouri Valley is really good basketball. Valley, but baseball. they ran away from SEMO. <laughs> that was their that was their silent assassin in the yeah. uh, in the Ohio Valley. It was well, them in Tennessee Tech for a year or two. Um, yeah, I mean, I think this I think this conference going to serve Belmont well. I think it's a better baseball conference for sure, no doubt. And, and Belmont gets to recruit right in the heart of Nashville. It's a uh, they get the. Uh, the Vanderbilt rejects. <laughs> <laughs> they get the leftover. Yeah, that's fine. Honestly, honestly as a recruiting ploy, hey, go go up to some of the freshmen at Vandy that didn't touch the field and say, "Hey, you want to you want to be an everyday starter?" Yeah, you can stay Just in your totally totally house. break can, the NCAA rules. Hey, you can stay in your off-campus house. You can do all that stuff. Just just take some classes at Belmont. Yeah. Just, let's you, just, can, you can live with your bandy boys, whatever. It don't matter. Just come on over, take a to the Belmont, and suit up for us. Be a Bruin. Um, hey, the, uh, the the Missouri Valley Conference just definitely looks a lot weaker without that Dallas Baptist right there at the top. Um, th- they're going to miss I, Dallas Baptist a lot. But the teams won't. The other teams won't. <laughs> but here's my thing. every Okay, Southern Illinois, Missouri State, Evansville, Indiana State, Illinois State and Belmont, and even Bradley. Don't sleep on Bradley. All of those teams, I can just picture every single one of them being a team that wins a regional this year. I can see one of these teams winning a regional this year. Just because, I mean, do you remember a couple years? I don't remember when it was, when Illinois State took Louisville to the wire. Yeah, that was 2019. And then, I mean, Indiana. Then, it was when Indiana was at Louisville's regional, and, and Casey Dykes got in that. Oh, they, huge... he blew a head. He blew a <laughs> Yeah. Um, Bradley was the top twenty-five team um, back in 2013, 2014, 2015. 
Bradley was top 25. They were loaded. They were beyond loaded. That was who I tore my UCL against. Um, they were really good. Uh, we all know Missouri State hosted like back-to-back regional mm-hmm. 10 years ago, eight, 10 years ago, something like that. Um, I just think this, I think this, those schools don't have a lot of star power, but they're always legit. You know, this conference has a lot of cool names in it. You got the Bruins and the Redbirds, Redbirds. and the Braves, the Salukis, Sycamores, Purple Aces, um, the Crusaders. Isn't that what Valparaiso is? The Crusaders. Um, what is Valpo's mascot? I think they're the Crusaders. I'm going to feel like an idiot if they're not. Valparaiso. I feel like they're in Crusaders. No, they're the Crusaders. Is that a boy? I don't know. Oh, wait, no, no. It says Beacons. Wait, hold on. They're a bird. No, they're either the Beacons or the Crusaders. I'm seeing both on Google. It says Crusaders to become the Beacons. Okay, that was 2021. So they're the, the Valparaiso Beacons now. Like, what? what is the beacon? Like a lighthouse beacon? Yeah. That's what their mascot looks like. Murray State's the racers. So Murray State, yep. fun story. They actually were one of the few. They were kind of like Long Beach State dirtbags. They were one of the few teams that had a different name for their baseball team until yep. or like, than the other ones. They were the Monarchs, which is sweet um, for baseball only. They were the racers for the other sports. And then, of course, they converted, you know, and, and were the racers for everybody. But I think the Monarchs is such a sick name. I mean, Old Dominion, right? Old They're Dominion. The yeah, um, but yeah, Wait, still racers what do, what is good. Is, what do you call Long Beach basketball team? Long Beach State? They're the 49ers. 49ers. That's yeah. But yeah, really good conference if you like mascots. Know that. Yeah, really good conference if you like mascots. Now, speaking of a conference, I'm just going to quickly go by because I don't care to like really talk about it much. The OVC, I tweeted this out the other day. The OVC is like the bird conference. Because listen to these these mascot names. Um, so we have the Moorhead State Eagles. We have the Southeast Missouri State, the, the Red Hawks. The Tennessee Tech Golden Eagles. The Tennessee Martin Skyhawks. The, um, oh, and then the Southern Indiana. This is their first year, Division One. They're the Screaming Eagles. Screaming Eagles. What a great name. Love it. Southern Illinois was like a powerhouse D2 team, if I remember correctly. They, I think they won the D2 World Series a few years. So now they're at D1. Um, they, they could they could win that OVC. D2 teams are not far off from like some of these lower mid-major conferences. You take a powerhouse D2 team, I, I'd like their chances against a lower-end D1 team. Yeah, no, I, that, I think so. Um, and that was OVC talk. Uh, I still hate that conference ever since I left. Anyways, um, all right, let's dive into the big dogs here. We got Big 12, big Pac 12, ACC, SEC. ACC, left. Big 12, Pac 12. Is that what we got left? And SEC. Uh, yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. All right, let's do it. Big 12. Yep. So I think I can, I can simplify the Big 12 here in about 10 words. Not as good as what they used to be. Not as good as they used to be. Eight words. Um, I think Why Texas is. I, I don't think Texas is going to be as. I mean, obviously, I don't think Texas is going to be as good. They lost freaking everybody. They're in not going to be as good. Yeah, they're not going to be as good. Now, of course, they still recruit 
with anybody in the nation and you know, have a great coaching staff and players last year that didn't get to play who were still uber talented. They lost the Tulo effect. Yeah, Tulowitzki left, um, isn't coaching right now. Um, but, you know, you can only stay as a volunteer for three or four years max before you just get burnt out. Um, and I think he left his mark there and, and people still highly respect him. Uh, but, I mean, so Oklahoma State, I'm still scratching my head at. I don't know. I don't know Oklahoma State. I know they 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 lost some of their big boppers. They still got like hey, Rocky they got, they got they got they got a freaking stud from Long Beach. Okay, tell me about him. Juar Juarin Wat, Watts. What's his name? Watts he's Brown. Got, Watts Brown. See, so you, you think he's freaking a stud? stud on the mound. He was a freshman last year, right? Um, no, I want to say he was a sophomore. Maybe he was a sophomore. Let me see. Um, Watts Brown, what year is he? No, he's a 2023 draft pick. Yeah, yeah, he's a junior. Junior, okay. Um, I mean, I just don't think that'll be enough, but... Uh... I mean, who else is going to beat them? TCU? I mean, I, so, yeah, I'll, 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 yeah, I'll talk, I'll, I'll talk about... So TCU, I think, is the team to beat in the Big 12. Um, and, of course, Oklahoma national runners up last year. They lose Peyton Graham and... Um, Shoot, I forget the other big guy's name, but Oklahoma lost some pieces. But they'll they'll definitely oh, the be guy that grows his stock more than anybody else in the country. Oh, yeah, he became a first rounder in three weeks. I can't think of his name, dude. I keep wanting to say Justin Campbell, but that's Oklahoma State. Um, God, dude, what is his name? Cade Horton. Cade Horton, freaking big bop. On I the mean, mound. they lost Jaden Graham, Horton. Who else? That Sandlin, Sandlin. Yeah, and then the. Uh, yeah, Bennett, Jake Bennett. They lost a lot. Yeah. The uh, the thing with Oklahoma is I think that they've always been good and just under the radar. They they haven't had any huge postseason success besides last year, but it was kind of one of those things that you could feel coming. Uh, I believe they also had another first-rounder in 2021, uh, guy that that threw the no-hitter when I was at the game. Dude, these names are not sticking. It's past midnight, past my bedtime. I should be. Wait, should where? Be. Wait, who? What? Do you remember the guy from the 2020? Maybe it was the 2020 draft. Um, I know people are probably screaming at their their phones or their radios right now. Um, he was huge right hander. Okay, what do you? I don't. I don't know what. Give me some more info. Like who is? What about who? I, dude, I'm just gonna have to Google it. I'm gonna have to Google it. I couldn't. I couldn't tell you more information. 2020 MLB draft. What did he do? I don't, you haven't told me anything. Oh, I was just saying that Oklahoma is like consistently putting out like big draft picks um, under the radar, and the like. Last year was a good example of them just putting it all together at the right time and and making that deep run into Omaha. But um, God dang it, dude! I can't focus right now because I have like ten names going through my head and. Uh, Oh, Kate Cavalli. There we go. Boom. 22nd overall pick to the Nationals in 2020. Uh, they, Oklahoma, I think, is still going to be really good. I know they lost a lot is ultimately what I'm saying. They'll be competitive. They could potentially win the Big 12. Um, I'm just not sold on a lot of these teams yet. Texas Tech, I saw them in the regional last year. They were old. Like They lost a lot of guys, and they didn't play well. Um, I saw them barely score any runs in that, that Statesboro regional. And 
yeah, I know Texas Tech is blue, you know, blue chip in, in college baseball. They make it to Omaha all the time. Uh, but they're going to have to prove it on the field for me. Um, I think this is what my, got my notes down. This is what I wrote when I was going through the Big 12. Oklahoma State, if pitching performed, they win. I think that's what it comes down to for Oklahoma Their State. Their offense will be there. I, I agree with that. If pitching performed, Oklahoma State win. Like, it's that simple. Um, TCU is probably the safest bet to win the Big 12. If you just, like, you know, we're just kind of skimming over it. If we just simulated the season, you would just be like, yeah, I think uh, I think TCU, TCU might be your safest bet. Mm-hmm. Texas Tech, hey, no more Jung in the lineup. First, first time, time in, in seven, years. seven years. <laughs> yeah, first time there's not a, a Jace Jung or five, like, five, I, five I would say years Jung. Young, sorry, Jace yeah. Young. Josh Young and Jace Young. New identity in that offense. But yet again, for the – 100th year in a row, Texas Tech has unproven pitching. Yep. They just, if they, they, if they, if they pitch, they're going to win game. If they don't, they're going to have to out slug team. And, you know, which they're really I mean, comfortable doing. They will do that. They will do that. But I mean, it's going to come, I, in my opinion, either Oklahoma State or Texas Tech is going to figure out their pitching. And that's going to be my winner in the Big 12. I don't think it's going to be TCU. Oh really? I think it's going to be either hey, Texas Tech or Oklahoma State. Thought we were on the same page. Um, I'll tell you a team that I like. I, that, hold on, hold on. Let me get, let me just say this now before people attack me. I think TCU is very good. I don't like taking the popular favorite like everybody else. That's why I'm, I like to take one a pivot play. If okay. you call it my pivot here. I'm taking Oklahoma State or Texas Tech. One of those figures out there pitching, they're winning, winning the Big 12. I yeah. think TCU is very good. I'm just pivoting here. Yeah, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and kind of piggyback off of that. I don't know much about Kansas State. I don't know much much about Kansas, West Virginia. I haven't really researched yet. Uh, I have looked into Baylor a little bit. Uh, West Virginia of, will be good. That just reminded me. West Virginia will be much better this year. The uh, you think so? I think so. I, I honestly haven't looked at a single thing about West Virginia, and I apologize to the, the fans and listeners there. Um, I've, of course, I'm, I still have high hopes for Texas. They'll reload. They're not going to have what they had last year, of course. But you get a new crop of guys in there that are uh, that are still just incredible high school players or JUCO transfers or even you know the transfer portal. They'll be fine. Um, but look, I, there's a team that people are projecting to finish last in Baylor. I don't know what it is about Baylor, but something is calling Man. me to the Baylor Bears. Like this might be the surprise oh, wow. team in all of Power Five. Um, they they lose their head coach and two Texas. He's now an assistant there. Um, and but there was something about like how they played last year that kind of you know sparked an interest for me. Um, and like, I don't know, man. It's just something my gut is calling me to the Baylor Bears for some reason. And you know how there's always one or two teams every year that come out of nowhere and, and they just, wow, they're really freaking good this year. Um, I think it could be Baylor for me. Um, they get uh, Can I ask you a question? Yeah. Can you explain to me and the listeners of the Texas native, why is it so hard for Baylor to be good? Because they can't out recruit TCUs and 
It's a Texas, yeah. and Texas Tech, and then Houston comes in and steals a guy or two. Like, I, why, why is it so hard for Baylor to be good? Well, I mean, they're a, they're a private school, and tuition is through the roof. So you really have to focus on kids, like high school kids that already have money. Like, they come from a lot of, like, just money from the family. Um, and, you know, high, high academic school as well. Um, of course, like, a lot of the schools in Texas are now high academic schools, but Baylor's always been labeled uh, one of the upper-tier ones there. The uh, You know, I don't know much about their athletic department. Uh, I actually have a really good friend, Jacob Zolman, that can tell me everything. You don't know much about their athletic department, the one that's in – in the police department front of the conference <laughs> No, I'm saying as far as like where their focus is at. Um, <laughs> I'm joking. Baylor and TCU, I think, are similar in as far as um, as far as like school demographics and, and cost and tuition and everything. But I think TCU is more focused on baseball than what Baylor has been. Um, Athletics but, in general. Yeah, but I think Baylor can recruit with anybody in the state. They have in, really good facilities. Uh, it's a fun place to play. Waco is a great town. And um, I just think that the coach – so they they hired a coach from Pepperdine, I believe. And I'll think of his name here in just a second. But, um, God, he, they hired him back. Who the head coach there now? Baylor's, Baylor's old head Steve Steve Rodriguez. Um, they hired him out of Pepperdine after um, – the other coach that was there for forever. And he just wasn't a great fit. Steve Rodriguez, he was more of like a West Coast style coach. A really good coach, though. Um, like proven over there out West. Just didn't click at Baylor. But what they did was they got Mitch Thompson from, um, I believe, McC- McLennan Junior College, which is an elite Texas Junior College program. Oh, that's, yeah. Yes, I remember this now. Everybody and, was ecstatic over this hire in yes. Texas. And so I think he's going to really change the culture around make him a little bit more blue collar, bring in guys that maybe aren't typically the, the white collar Baylor fit kind of guys. Um, so maybe not this year, but I would look for Baylor to be really competitive next year, the year after that and, and moving forward. Cause Mitch Thompson, I, mean, I played against him when I was in junior college and he had his guys, you know, run the right, like they, their ship was all moving in the same direction. Um, so I think if there was like a sleeper power five team that could really open some eyes, a team that was projected to finish last, I think it could be Baylor. Uh, could really turn some heads. Would this you year. would you put some money into Baylor stock in a four year, uh, for a four a high four year return? A high what? Basically, what I let me just make that as more simple. Would you buy Baylor stock if you couldn't cash out for four years? Would that be one of your first teams to look at? Yeah, a hundred percent. High low, sell high four years from now. Yeah, four years from now, the Baylor is going to be in a much better place. Much better. Cool, cool. Yeah. Yep. I mean, I think it's that simple. Uh, West Virginia is my sleeper team in the Big 12 this year to make some noise. But end of the day, I think Oklahoma State, TCU, Texas Tech, I think one of those three is your champion. Yeah. But we won't make our official picks till next weekend, obviously. Yep. I mean, I still got to do more research, man. There's just so many teams out there. And I'll go down a rabbit hole for a team. And it'll be a team that won't mean anything to anybody. Like, I'll go down a rabbit hole for uh, like Evansville, like I did, you know, what I mentioned earlier, um, or somebody like that, or Rutgers. And, you know, of course, as the season approaches, I'm going to learn more about these teams. Um, so that's why next week we'll make our official picks. Um, but let's move to the Pac-12 here. 
Um, I don't know about you, but it just feels like the same old Pac-12. Plus, I think Arizona State's going to be more competitive this year. Uh, the Willie Bloomquist era is yeah, here. Yeah, Willie Bloomquist um, got some really good recruits. Uh, I think his signing day this year, Arizona State signed some big-time high school prospects for going into next year. Um, so that was a good sign. And um, But, yeah, I mean, it's going to – I mean, we look at Oregon State, UCLA, Stanford's the top dog. Everybody knows that. Oregon's going to be very competitive. Um, Arizona's going to be really freaking good. Um, so it really leaves – like, USC, great hire. Um, I would love to see USC be good, like really good again at college baseball. Um, I just don't know how focused and uh, I don't know how much resources are going towards the baseball program because uh, it looks like everything's going towards football NIL money. <laughs> um, and uh, but I, mean, I would love to see USC be really good. Washington, Cal. you think Lincoln Riley goes and kicks it on a Saturday afternoon and watches some USC baseball? I hope so. They need it. That'll bring some fans to the game. That's what I'm saying. Hey, look. So the Pac-12, at least in our lifetime, has had a lot of teams in the big. I mean, the in the in Omaha, UCLA has been there, Stanford's been there, Washington's been there, Oregon State, Arizona, Cal, uh, Arizona State. Oregon's never been right. Oregon went once. No, maybe. I'll tell you. I'll confirm. Or di- Oregon Ducks baseball Omaha. The first link is Oregon to open 21 season against Omaha. Uh, <laughs> That's who they're playing. That's they get funny. to play the team from Omaha, but not the yeah. College World Series. Um, and nope, I don't see anything about it. So no, no. Uh, USC might have been in our lifetime, but like early, early before we can remember, late 90s, maybe early 2000s. But before I started, like. Yeah, when was the last? They were in Omaha last... back in the day. They were in Omaha a few times. They won a couple national championships. We talked about this. They won like back to no, back. No, I know, the... I know that they've won the most college um, World Series in history. They've won like thirteen, I think, or ten, ten or thirteen. Um, I just want to know if they've been to Omaha since I've been alive. Hey, do you think? Do you remember how electric Braden Montgomery is from Stanford? Yeah, like uh, for a young for a young player, then you were just like, dude, this guy's gonna be a star. Yep. He he. I mean, all you hear about right now is you know the stars of the SEC and LSU and stuff. Braden Montgomery might be a sleeper for Golden Spikes. I mean, he's one of the best all around players in the country, and he's gonna be on one of the best teams. Yeah, I know he's gonna be one of the best teams in the country too. Um, So so that's always a good formula. I think that's a good debate. Braden Montgomery or Paul Skeens for best two-way player of the year? I would I would put my money on Paul Skeens. He's he looks nasty. Paul over you would take Paul Skeens? Yeah, I think he's more complete. On, I mean, he's older too. He's a lot older. He's definitely older. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't know. I I I like. Hey, by the way, I picked Stanford to win twenty twenty three national championship, not twenty twenty two. I don't. I think people got that confused last year. I picked him <laughs> to win the 2023, not the 2022. No, you picked him. You picked him last year. We all heard. You can pick him again this year if you want. Yeah, absolutely not, dude. They were horrendous in Omaha. I was embarrassed. They they did. So they they played a really good 2021. No wait, no they didn't. 
Maybe they did. No, they ran into NC State and somebody else. Stanford. That, whatever the hell they did, whatever the hell they told themselves when they decided, it was like, oh my God, we have three outs or we're going to lose to UConn or Texas State. Mm -hmm. They were, for for one inning, they were the best team I've ever seen in college baseball history. (laughs) Yeah, they did it. I mean, it was like... I mean, they were down by five against Texas State or whatever it was. It was like three, four straight home runs. And you were like, dude, this is the best team I've ever seen in college baseball history. Yeah. And then they did it again. And then against UConn, they were down 5 nothing with their backs against the wall. And they're like, okay, guys, it looks like we have to try now. And bang, 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 bang. Next thing you know, it's 12 to 5. They're on their way to Omaha. Like they didn't yeah. even try. And I just, I just don't understand. How, what it takes for them to put that put it all together in Omaha? Well, I mean, was, they they have everything they need this year to to win the College World Series. Everything they need is right there. Um, there there a lot of like a lot of people are saying if you take out LSU and, and Tennessee, they're the most talented team in the country. Um, that's why they're ranked third. But I mean, Tommy Troy, he's going to be a super high draft pick this year. Tommy um, Troy, what a name! Yeah, I mean he just Straight out of Sparta. Yeah, and then your boy uh, Bruno the, out of the bullpen, psycho, love him. One of my He's favorite gonna... relievers in the country. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite. He talks shit and he backs yeah. it up. Carter Graham, uh, he's he's a stud. Drew Bowser, we all know about Braden Montgomery. Uh, who's the other guy from Stanford? They have another one, Drew Bowser. Another name, Drew Bowser. They 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 they're they're very very complete. I would I would put them, I would put them safely in Omaha again this year. And and of course, once you get there, you gotta you gotta piece together a few other things. But um, I think they're the standard right now in the Pac-12. I don't think UCLA and Oregon and Arizona and Oregon State um, this year are on the same level as Stanford. Uh, so I think hey, oh go ahead. UCLA will be better this year. I will say that I, we and you argued and we argued all last year about UCLA. You remember mm-hmm. they're going to be much better this year. I, I will stand by that. Yeah. I, I mean, I haven't looked too much into them, but the, uh, just based off what I remember last year, they were a young team. They, they were very hot or cold. Yeah. They did lose Thatcher. Thatcher hurt to LSU. He's going to be like their number three pitcher now, but, um, yeah, last year they were a young team. They lost a lot of close games, and they were just hot, cold, hot, cold, hot, cold. Just kind of yo-yoed the whole season. So They were kind um, of young, too. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, so going back to Stanford just real quick, they lost Brock Jones, which I don't think is actually as big of a loss as people may think. Yeah, he's a nope. great player, super talented. I don't think Brock Jones is ever going to play in the MLB. I just don't get a major league base. Like he's, They're going to have to fine-tune him a lot. Um, and I think you can find maybe a better piece in your lineup yeah. than Brock Jones, even though he got drafted in the first round. Um, I just was never a huge Brock Jones guy. Like I never thought that he was a, a complete baseball player. He was more of like an athlete that was just super athletic that could do some really cool things on the field. But when it came down to like the baseball, um, like the, the meticulous things in baseball, the things you guys – Baseball IQ, I guess IQ people say. Uh, I didn't think he had everything there, so I, I, I don't think replacing him is going to be such a big deal for Stanford. 
think it'll be just fine. Um, you know what's weird? I think for maybe different reason than you, but I agree that I, I don't think Brock Jones is as big of a loss as, say, for just recent memory, like Kumar Rocker or mm-hmm. uh, Judge, like even Judge Fabian. Like he was unbelievable last year, but I don't think Florida, I don't think he's as a big of a loss either. It's kind mm-hmm. of like the same category where you're just like, I think somebody, I think they'll be just fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so too. I think they'll be just fine. Um, now, one of my the most exciting players in the Pac-12 that I'm like looking forward to watching again is Carlos Gonzalez Jr., Chase Davis from Arizona. Uh, I think Chase yeah. Chase Davis has a chance to be in that Golden Spikes conversation. He has unreal power, sweetest left-handed swing you can see, um, and and plays a really good defense as well. So. Um, five-tool guy out of Arizona. See if he can maybe put a whole season I, I, together. Let me, correct, let me correct you there. He's a six-tool guy. He's got the swag factor. Swag factor, too. Yes, he does. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think the Pac-12 gets four, five, maybe five teams in um, this year. I, I don't think USC is going to be good. I hope they are, but I don't think they will be. Cal, Washington State, yeah, Utah. I mean, Cal- be better this year. They were young last year. They put some. They had some fight last year. Do you think they're a regional team or no? What? When I think regional teams this year, I think Stanford, UCLA, Oregon, Arizona, Oregon State, like those five, and then maybe one of those five doesn't make it, and another team like an Arizona State or a Cal or a Washington slips in there. But um, I think it's four or five bid league at the most. Well, honestly, actually, not the most. I, I could be wrong. Oregon State. Know. Oregon State. I, I, Oregon State, I don't think, will be hosting a regional this year. Dude, they lost so many players. They have a good bullpen, which is, I think, their strength, if I'm remembering correctly. They lost to Jerpy. They lost, I mean, they lost some a pretty some good offensive pieces. What, what was his name? Um, Melton. Jacob Melton. Jacob Melton, yeah. They lost a jerpy. I mean, they, they their bullpen. Ben, what's his name? Ben Fair from USC Fair. Upstate. Yeah, yep. Fair. Uh, he's he's their he's their energy go to guy in the bullpen. They have to like Bazana, the Australian guy, the Aussie yeah. from down under. They have some good pieces. I just don't. I just think um, Justin I, Boyd and Wade Meckler were both really good last year. They're, for just, not, they're just not going to be the Beaver. Yeah. Well, dude. I, we say that. Who are we to count the Beavers out? They're one of them <laughs> since 2006, one of the most right. dynamic You're teams right. in that in that 16 year span that we've ever. You're seen. right. So, I don't know. I mean, I mean, Coach uh, Canham has a, a very a much tougher test rebuilding that 48 win team from last year. But, You're right. Um, All right. They'll be in. They'll What's be in that? the regionals. Let's go. Uh, you want to go SEC and then ACC? And wrap it up. Whatever you want. Yeah, let's go SEC next. Um, well, I mean, what, what is there not to say about this conference? <laughs> what is there not to say? The SEC is just, I mean, it, we were talking about this pre-show two hours ago, that this, 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 this conference is just, it's just unfair. Top to bottom, is, all, all 14 teams are – 
going to be really, really good. They're going to be 14 of the top 70 teams I, I in the country. I don't know. We just talked about how bad Missouri was going to be, not because of their team, but because of their schedule. Missouri is going to be just fine. I mean, they're going to they're going to finish in last place, sure. But they uh they, they still, know their role. They, they hate, still hate. They, but dude, they still are so good compared to like if you drop Missouri in the Big 12, um and I'm not no offense to the Big 12 because I think the Big 12 is a good conference from top to bottom, but I think Missouri could be a top 4 team in the Big 12 and they're going to finish dead last in the SEC. Hey, Missouri knows their role. Just let's just leave it at that. They know their role in the SEC. Yeah, I mean they're gonna they're gonna be a bottom feeder, but there's also somebody not to sleep on. The, um, I mean, so who would you say is the second worst team then? Because this is where I get torn up. Is it Kentucky? I, I you know what I you, Ben, you know why I love our conversation in our podcast. We went to the SEC and we immediately just out of. Just without even trying, just started talking about the shittiest teams at the conference. We did. We're not even talking. About, excited to talk about the old the LSU and Tennessee. We just want to talk about the shit team in the uh, SEC. Am I crazy <laughs> for saying that Ole Miss might be the second worst team this year? <laughs> I don't know, dude. I I'm I'm not I'm not ready to to say Mississippi State is back yet. Like I think Mississippi. State Wait, you, you don't think Mississippi State is back yet? I think they're going to be flirting at the bottom again. I think, Dude, no, I, 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 I think... disagree. I disagree. I disagree. I, I really think Mississippi State, they added so many good transfers. It doesn't that... matter what they add. you got to, you got to compare them to what the league has. Mississippi State is not better than Arkansas. They're not even close to A&M. They're not uh, – Ole Miss maybe we'll see this year. I think Ole Miss – I don't think they're going to have the hangover effect. That's um Bianco. Let's see how good of a coach he is. Can he get this team refocused and hungry again for another, you know, national championship, or if you will? But that's the way I'm looking at this. Auburn and Mississippi State are the two worst teams. Maybe I I'd rather say Alabama and Auburn than Mississippi State, but but Alabama. <laughs> I don't know what it is about Alabama. I don't know, either, I don't but, know where to go with but, this. But but Alabama also feels like a team this year that they were they were young last year. Uh, I mean they're going to have a first round draft pick this year. Um, the lefty, I can't think of his name, but the um, but Alabama, I don't think they're going to suck. I think they're going to be like up there towards the serviceable. They're going to know their role again, just like Mizzou. They're going to be in the middle of the, of the pack. Team. No, but Alabama is going to be in the middle of the pack in the SEC. So I'm worried about Ole Miss. I'll, I'll say that. That's one of my hot takes. I don't know if they're going to be good enough to replace what they I lost last just, year. I don't think no matter what Ole Miss does, I don't think we'll ever sit here and say, wow, I love Ole Miss. Should no, that's not I'm true. Sure. In 2020 and in 2021, I loved Ole Miss. I thought they had everything that they – and they in 2020, they looked like one of the best teams in the nation. Um, and I even was a believer a little bit last year in the beginning part of the year. Uh, but this year it's just it's different, and maybe it's because you know Tim Elko's not there, and you know Ke- uh, Kevin Graham and those guys. The uh, the Lucia's gone. Hey, what's that yeah. kid's name from Tulane? He there he transferred to Mississippi State. I forgot his name. We're not good at names on this, are we? 
Oh my God. Oh my God. He hit that walk-off home run to beat Mississippi State last year. He transferred. Oh my God. I remember it. I just can't think of who it was. Um let's just he transferred to Mississippi State, right? Yeah, I know who you're talking about. Um No, he didn't transfer to Mississippi State. He transferred to Ole Miss. That's what it was. was. It? Uh, I'm going to tell you right now. I'm just going to look it up. But he transferred to Ole Miss, not Mississippi State. Um, hold on. Let me scroll. Let me go to their roster. Ole Miss. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It's at the tip of my tongue. Ethan Groff. Groff. Oh, Groff. dude. Yeah, 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 yeah. But anyway, uh, back to Mississippi State. They lost Jaeger. They lost what's his name? Cameron James. Yep. James. And then the Cumbus and Logan Tanner behind the dish. They lost. Like, what did that? Would you say that was their top four hitter? Maybe top six. If no, Hunter Hines, Hines. Hunter Hines. Hunter Hines. A little bit higher. For sure, Hines was one of their best hitters last year, and he's going to be coming in as a sophomore. He'll have a really good year. Um, I, so look, I, this is the way I look at Mississippi State. Last year was their dud year. You can't have back-to-back dud years. You know, it's I, I see Ole Miss kind of having what Mississippi State did last year, very underachieving. Um, but I, I think I, Mississippi I, I State bounces you. back. I hear you. Yeah. Um, here's a question I have for you. So Is are we Tech, done with the bottom? Are we done yeah. with the bottom of the conference? Yeah, I, I'm gonna make a hot take. I think Auburn is gonna be not as good as people think. Um, and I do this quite a, quite often. I always downplay Auburn and they end up in Omaha like three of the last six years or something crazy like that. Um, I, I, I think they've lost a lot and I don't, I don't know. They'll have to prove it on the field for me. Now I could buy into Auburn. I could buy in hard for that team. If they show me something uh, on paper though, I'm not quite there. Uh, even though I think they're going to be a really good team. The, uh, the big question mark for me here is I'm going to give you two teams or three teams and you tell me which one of these three is going to be the best. Uh, well, we'll make it four teams. I think everybody is in agreement that LSU and Tennessee are one, two, one way or the other. I personally like Tennessee more than LSU in a three-game series just due to the, the pitching depth. Um, and then, of course, like Tennessee, I think, is going to play with a much bigger chip on their shoulder this year. Um, and, and they don't have the target on their back anymore, which is one huge thing in college baseball. Tennessee is not going to have the target on their back. Everybody's focused on LSU. This will let them sit back and, and really just retweet, retweet. retweet yeah. This is, this is going to, yeah, this is going to allow Tennessee to really just not sneak up on teams, but not get everybody's best. That's, that's LSU's turn. Now LSU gets to do that this year. They're going to get but, Arkansas. Uh, the, uh, yeah, they'll always get Arkansas's best, but here's four teams that I think you can put one, two, give, three, give four. Them to me. Like I can think you can put them two, three, four, five, two, three, four, five. Yeah. No, three, four, five, six is what I meant to say. So Arkansas, Texas A&M, Florida, and Vanderbilt. We Who saw Texas A&M. So we saw Texas A&M last year um, with Coach Sloss coming wait. over. What's they the question? Rank those teams one through four as far as you like best. You already know my best team of those four. Chomp, Flor- chomp. Florida. Florida? Best team of those four. Yep. Arkansas. I mean, uh, Vanderbilt two, Arkansas three, A&M four. You're gonna put A and M fourth though. They return a lot of guys, and 
That's I just a, think I just think I just think Vandy. I think this is Vandy's year to return. Better. See, I, I, I don't know, man. I, I'm not buying into the Vanderbilt hype right now. I'm not. There's no hype. It's not a hype thing. It's just a pure just. Well, there's pick. a little bit of hype. They're tenth in the nation right now preseason. Uh, well, I, I I I haven't I haven't felt the hype vibe for Vandy. I just think Florida's the best team. The rest I don't give a shit about. I think of those I, four, Florida's the best team. And I think, dude, our, I just somebody Van said Horn have, Van Horn will have Arkansas competing again. For somebody said to me that 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 Van Horn said in a press conference um, that this is his best pitching staff he's ever had, like from top to bottom, and that's saying it a lot. Surprise me! It doesn't surprise me. But that, so I, I might say Arkansas won. No, you're Florida two over Florida. Arkansas won, Florida two, Texas A&M three, and then Vanderbilt four out of those those four teams. But the the funny thing is, like South Carolina can go off this year. I, I would not be surprised at all. Same thing with as like Auburn, the Mississippi State, Alabama. Um, I don't know. the The middle of the pack is going to be crazy, and and I really do believe that the big the the, the SEC might get twelve teams into the tournament. If you qualify for Hoover, you might yeah, get into the NCAA. That's what I'm saying, dude. Especially after what Ole Miss did last year, where they're the last team in, they won the whole thing. The, the committee might just say, "Look, SEC is just better than everybody else." Besides, I mean, I guess the ACC is going to be really freaking good too, but. Um, like these teams deserve to be in our tournament, and like we we need to let them in. Even though I personally disagree with that, I think maximum nine is is always good. Let them battle it out. Um, All right, here's the food for thought for you and for our listeners. It's the biggest talk in college football. Oh, TCU got their shit kicked in. They had no business being there. Alabama should have been in there. Yada 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 in the playoff. Mm-hmm. They argument. They're arguing back and forth. Best four or most deserving four? Best four or most deserving? I think I don't have to define the difference between the two. Most deserving. I, w- I want to see. I want to see most deserving because the regular season, and, and this is for baseball. We're talking oh, about college football. For college baseball, do you mm-hmm. want to see the best sixty-four or do you want to see the most deserving sixty-four? If you would, if you take a Alabama State winning the the SWAC championship, for example, they deserve a spot in the postseason, correct? Yes, yes. Do, are they the best sixty four? Hell no, they're not even no the best one fifty. They're not even close, but they deserve a spot because that's what the rules say, and they did what the rules say, and they deserve a spot. Mm-hmm. So, how far can we keep bending this door wider and wider for how many SEC teams? Because of course Kentucky is better than your forty and twelve or forty and fifteen Southeast Missouri, for example. Is mm-hmm. Kentucky better? Probably. But they're ninety percent of the time they don't deserve a postseason spot. So now Ben, you can finish off of that thought. Yeah, I think the regular season has to mean something in college baseball, especially since it it really comes down to who gets hot in June. Like that's who your your players are gonna be in Omaha and then super regionals. Um, so we got to, you got to take out teams that didn't deserve it in the regular season. Um, you can't let them play in the postseason because they could win the whole thing. And then it kind of discredits the whole regular season. Um, it's been so long, like since 1999, since the number one overall seed, uh, has won the whole thing. 
So it just shows oh, you that. What team is that? What team is that? It was, uh, I don't remember. It was some team in South Florida. Uh, was it Was it Miami? <laughs> you, you damn skippy. Yeah, I know. Um, but, I mean, I think, so for, for my opinion, the SEC, they, they could get 12 teams in this tournament. I don't want that to happen. I want it to nope. be where each regular season weekend means something. Conference tournament means something. Um, don't just give them a don't give them a, a, a shoe in just because they play in the toughest conference. Like make them earn it, and it's okay if those teams sit at home, because guess what? At the end of the day, sixty three teams are going to be sitting at home. Only one can win it, but don't let a team win it that doesn't deserve to be there. Is, is my big thing. Don't let them just get hot at the right time, um, because then it discredits the whole regular season. Now I'm not saying what Ole Miss did last year was, because I thought Ole Miss did deserve to be in. I had them in my my. I mean, uh, my postseason bracketology. I thought they did enough um, to get there, but the uh, like what I'm trying to avoid is, you know, a Kentucky team that finishes 12th in the SEC play, and they win a game in Hoover, and they get put in the tournament, and then they go on and and win the whole I mean, College Kentucky World Series. They made noise in Hoover last year. What? Don't forget, they made noise in Hoover. Oh, Kentucky's a good team now. Don't That's get what me I'm wrong. Saying, but- I really hope the committee puts a firm foot down and keeps the integrity of the regular season intact and, and makes it the be- uh, most deserving 64. Because if a mid-major team wins 40 games with some quality wins in there, don't throw that in the dumpster. Do not ruin it. Do not yeah. make it the SEC Invitational. We all know the SEC is the best conference. We all know it. It doesn't need to be proven anymore. But I'm right. sorry. You are five games under 500 in your conference, you you did not you should not be in the postseason. It's that simple. Yeah, I agree, 100%. I think we're on the same page there. Um, now, my, lost, my last hot take about the SEC before we finish up with the ACC. Let's do um, it. Battle with LSU-Tennessee. Who wins, the, who, who wins so it? My hot take is LSU does not win the SEC. Neither the regular season nor the postseason. Um, I'm not going to say who my winner is, but I think there's three we'll teams. Next week. I think there's three other teams that 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 could win it, other than LSU, um, and that's Texas A&M, Florida, and Tennessee. Um, but I don't think LSU wins it. it. It's hard to get a team with so many new pieces and let like make them play as a team and not have the draft in the back of their head, not have their personal numbers. Uh, it's it's tough, man. And and no, and hopefully I'm wrong. Hopefully LSU becomes the best team of all time, um, like they look like on paper. But it, it's tough to put a whole 55 game, 56 game season together with guys pulling in the right direction. Let me ask you this. There were rumblings and little chit chatter from us and other people that Tennessee last year was a top five college baseball team all time. Yeah. Like that's how dominant they were. And people forget this because they lost in the Supers to Notre Dame. People right. forget. How good. What ten, what Tennessee did last year, I don't think will be replicated by LSU. I don't think they're going to be 30-3 and three through their first 33 games. Mm-hmm. What, what was Tennessee last year? Something along those lines? I don't remember the exact numbers, but I know they were they were light years ahead of everybody else. I mean, me, they were me, unanimous number one. I want to, I want to be right. I want to be, make, be um, accurate on this. Tennessee started the year. Let's do this. They start Ben. They started the year one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, 
8 and 1, 9 and 1, 10 and 1, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25, 26, 27, 28, 29, 30, 31 and 1 to start the year. Unreal. LSU's not doing it. No shot. And, dude, I'll tell you why. Here's another thing why why LSU will not be 31 and 1. LSU will not win the SEC because what they have is a different problem on their hand. Uh, this is my hot, hot take. They have a different problem okay. on their hand where they have nine to 11 day one or two draft guys. Um, maybe not this year, maybe between this year and next year's draft. Um, and what happens when you have that many first round, second round, third round picks projected is these guys don't play through injuries. They don't play. Like if something goes wrong, they tweak a hammy or they, you know, tweak their back. You know, something feels wrong in their elbow. They sit, they get rest. They, they do everything they can to prepare for their, their next life. You can tell by experience because you were, you were a draft guy at a Mercer um, who you had to fight through your elbow injury. You had to keep pitching to stay on that radar for the, for the pros or pro scouts. Um, when you get a team that has a lot of, and I saw it firsthand with Kyle Lewis, Kyle Lewis tweaked his hamstring. He didn't do any kind of morning workouts and any kind of practices or anything for three weeks leading up to the season. So like when you get a team with this like star power and with this draft potential, um, like, and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I don't know these players personally, but I know what the industry usually does. If they have any sort of like tweak or, any sort of like pulled muscle, uh, achy muscle, achy arm, they're not playing. They're not going to. They'll save them. They'll, they'll try to push them out to the postseason um, or get the rehab extended. They're, you're not going to see the nitty-gritty Hey, don't teams. forget what Alabama did with that prey lip guy. He was – a rumor was that he was ready, beyond ready, mm-hmm. and he wasn't playing. He was just focused on the draft and being ready for that. He had no intentions of playing for Alabama again. Exactly. And we might see some of that this year for LSU. Um, so that's why what, what Tennessee did last year was so great. It's because they stayed healthy and maybe some of those guys did play through injuries. Um, but we're talking blue chip, probably I think, five, six. I think people first- are going to be angry with your take. They're going to try to defend LSU. Oh, I, don't they will. Take, I don't think your take is outrageous. I don't think it's inaccurate. I it's think it has a lot either. of, it it's carries not. a lot of substance in what's true and what's not true. My thing is people are going to take you as assassinating, which, by the way, I'm taking this to the extreme here, as assassinating the character of these players that we don't know about, which Nothing is not what the they're doing at it's all or what I'm doing. It's just a general just debate. Well, it's a talk. smart decision. It's a smart decision. I think you're if, right, though. If Dylan Cruz um, like, you know, crashes into the wall and is a little bit dizzy, they're going to pull him from the game and sit him for as long as they, they like basically what the pro scouts or MLB GMs are going to tell him like, Hey, make sure he's you know hundred percent ready before you put him back out there. Um, which if he was at a Davidson or if he oh, was at Jay a Johnson can have so many people in his ear for sure, man. And I, front office and- I, I respect Jay Johnson for the way he's handled it so far, but that's gotta be a super stressful job um, handling like that many basically day one, day two draft picks on one team and keeping everybody happy and not wanting to transfer. If you're the, if you're the backup second baseman, you know, you could play on 285 of the 300 teams as a starter immediately. Like that's gotta be, it's gotta be tough as a coach to like keep them happy and 
keep them engaged uh, for the right time. So there's a lot of like little things that go behind the scenes when you have a team that has any kind of star power, let alone this amount. Um, but at the end of the day, LSU is not going to be worried about the regular season. In their minds, they're already in the postseason. They're already hosting a regional. Oh, like, dude. Oh, my can, God. Can, oh my can God. they get to Omaha? That's their, that's oh their goal. God. I don't care what anybody said. Jay Johnson, freaking whoever the hell is on that team, they can give me all the coach speak. They can give me all the proper things they were taught in media PR class. Whatever their PR team, social media team, they can teach them the right thing to say. That team had Omaha on their mind, Super Regional and Alex Fox, not just on their mind, but in the center of their forehead, <laughs> at the forefront of their damn mind. That's what they're thinking about. They mm. are not thinking about anything else. And I promise you, what you thought, you thought social media in the college baseball world freaked out when Tennessee lost. Just wait for the day that this LSU <laughs> team does not make it to Omaha. Just yeah. wait for the day. I'm not. I'm not sitting here calling it that they're not going to make it. I'm just giving you a picture to, to visualize. When when Alex Box Stadium is dead silent and the Stony Brook Sea Wolves are on their way to Omaha. <laughs> just, just think about it for a second. This this sport this sport is so unpredictable that it's becoming predictable. Yeah. These I mean, teams are going to get their hearts ripped out. Arkansas from 2021 was the best team we've ever seen. Boom, here comes NC State. We'll see you after the Super Regional. Uh, last year, Tennessee, best team we've ever seen. Notre Dame predict- comes in. Hey, so what ACC is going to come into Alex Box and uh, and win that, win that Super Regional the this Duke year? Blue Devils are going to get red hot, and they're going to show up in Alex Box and go to Omaha. All right, well, let's transition now into the ACC. I don't know why I picked Duke, but could you see some team like that doing it? I'll, I'll save that clip there uh, just in case it actually happens. What if you just told um, the future there? By the way, I, I'm going to just go ahead and give you guys a pre-warning. When the, when the odds come out and I can do a little bit of mix and matching, I'm going to take a super low dog that I can see going to Alex Box, whether it's the regional or the super, and I'm, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take them. I'm not going to sit here and put $500 on them, but I'll put, you know, 30, 40, 50 bucks on them and just mm-hmm. see if I win. Because I, I, I'm telling you, it's just, it's just, it's just history teachers that you think. And that's one yeah. of them. It, it did. It's, it's always going to happen. So um, as far as like top to bottom goes, the ACC rivals the SEC. It's not as much media attention, but these teams are really, really good. Um, oh, yeah. It's led by Wake Forest, who a lot of, a lot of people have them ranked top five in the, uh, in the preseason polls. Uh, between the power that they possess and the, pitch, the weekend pitching staff they have, well-deserved. Now, I do think Wake Forest has a lot of pressure on them for the first time. Really can I, can in I interject and stop you here for a second? Yeah. I just want to remind you, and then I'm going to let you keep going. Remember... The word I'm going to give you this word, and I'm not going to say anything else. Okay. Blue blood. Now continue. All right. So uh, Wake Forest not a blue blood, even though they uh, they won a national championship in 1956, I believe. Um, I could be off a couple. Of their years. blue blood card expired in 1990. What? You said they won a national championship and whatever. I said yeah, their blue card expired. Oh, it expired. Yeah. Um, 
But, yeah, so Wake Forest, everybody's favorite to win the ACC. I actually think that they're going to be disappointing this year. Um, I think they're going to let – I don't know. I think they're going to let the preseason hype overtake them. Uh, I don't look at Wake Forest as a team that is a, a national champion threat. In fact, I think that they might even – they might be really disappointed. Right? Like They might be a disappointing team this year. Like maybe finish in the top 25, like in the bottom part. But there's just a lot of pressure and like a lot of, in my opinion, question marks about the team. I know they have a lot of returners and good transfer market, but or transfer portal. Um, but you got to put that on the field first, and and they just haven't they haven't taken that next step yet ever out of all the all the teams they've had recently that were really good. Um, but what I wanted I was, to say, I'm just gonna add on to your Wake Forest before we move on. Mm-hmm. I, I just want people to re- understand. The reason why I said the word blue blood is I Ben and I talk about it all the time. Blue blood is a team that has the experience. Their coaching staff has the experience. They've tasted success, not just once, but multiple times. Wake Forest has been tasted shit. They were wait, they they had a talent, a good enough team to go up to, to College Park last year and win the Maryland Regional. And they, mm-hmm. they didn't even come close. They didn't even come close. And they were by far probably, I, in my opinion, they, they might have been the most talented team in that regional. I think paper. they were. I think they were. On paper, they were the most talented team. They didn't even come close. So for people to sit here and start putting Wake Forest as your favorite to win the ACC is a bit of a hot take. People might be, oh, my God, yeah, yeah, yeah. All these pundits are saying Wake Forest, so I'm going to say it too. No, Wake Forest should not be the favorite. Until <laughs> you they know win. what? You're 100% right. This is one big just like Wake Forest bandwagon train that's leaving the station. Somebody says it, then the next media company says it, and the next college baseball expert says it. They kind of just piggyback off of each other. Um, Yeah, sure, they're going to be really good, guys, and like they're going to be talented. They're going to have a lot of viral viral clips and stuff because Rhett Lauder looks like Mike Clevenger on the mound and, you know, Rake Forest, they hit bombs. That's great. Like, can they win games? Can they go from a, a weekend series from Clemson to Louisville to Notre Dame to uh, Miami down to you know, North or up to North Carolina? Like, can they do that on a weekend, week out basis? And I, I don't think I'm right there with you, Dimitri. I think it's more of just like people are jumping on this bandwagon, believing in this hype, and it's just not going to come into fruition. I, I don't see I don't see Wake Forest as hosting a regional this year. I think maybe a two seed, maybe a three seed. Um, and and they could easily prove me wrong. It could be the Virginia Tech of this year. Yeah, they could but be. But, Tech, but Virginia Tech was nobody saw them coming last year. No, but nobody That's was on point. the hype train. That's my point. Is that it? There's just it's so much easier to win games in the ACC when you get to sneak up on teams like Pittsburgh did two years ago, and like Virginia Tech did. And then once you sneak up on a few teams, you're sitting at the top of the standings. You got the confidence, and you're like, wow, we we play our style of baseball. Nobody can beat us. And then you have a great season, but when you have the target on your back and you have the preseason hype, it's so hard to get everybody's best on a weekend basis and, and do I, it consistently. Can I add to this? Yeah, wait for like honestly, I honestly I say this like I've been wrong many times in my life. I've been wrong about many things. Do I like it? No. Will I admit it? Fuck no. I will never admit I'm wrong. <laughs> it's just my personality. Hate me or love me, whatever. But. Somebody needs to be a, held accountable for this whole Wake Forest hype train thing. 
because <laughs> when they when they don't when they aren't when they're a fifth best team in the ACC, those people should be considered wrong. A very big swing in the mess. I don't think this Wake Forest team is going to win the ACC. I don't think they're going to be a national seed. I don't understand where it's coming from. On paper, they're a good team, but they've never done this before. Yeah, it's not like it's not like they're coming off a like. I, I I just don't I just don't have the words to explain. I don't know. I can't think of it right now. But yeah, get out of here with this whole Wake Forest winning the ACC thing. It's not happening, dude. People are sleeping on like Florida State, who just hired one of the best coaches in the game. Um, might be the best has, team. Might, might be the best team in the league right there. Might be the best team in the league. Um, I think that they're being slept on hardcore, um, and even like Clemson. NC State, Louisville. I think Louisville has a lot of potential this year too. That's just in the Atlantic Division alone. And then you can look on the Coastal, which I think is a more complete division. Um, when you have North Carolina, Virginia Tech, Virginia, Miami, Georgia Tech, Duke. Um, I don't think Pitt's going to be very good this year. Um, but the uh, what I'm saying is like you, you don't get any bye weeks similar to SEC where, where Wake Forest can go and show up to Boston College because guess what? Boston College is going to get after your ass, and they're going to come and win that series. They're going to try to win that series and give you their best. Um, so, the uh... oh, can I say something? Yeah. Let me put compare this. That's like saying next year, or not next year, but back when Pitt kind of had some steam and had some momentum, that was like showing up in the twenty twenty one season saying Pitt is going to win the ACC this year. That's yeah. what that's what it sounds like to me with the whole Wake Forest thing right now. Like and everyone yeah. been like Pitt, Pitt went in the ACC, no chance in hell. That's what that's what I feel. That's how I feel right now about Wake Forest. Until Wake Forest can take that next step, I won't believe in them. But again, I, I know we just spent so much time like bashing Wake Forest. We're not bashing Wake Forest. We're bashing the the the, the writers and like the hype train. Social media has come for for Wake Forest this year. They don't deserve it. Um, like it's not like they're coming back from Omaha from last year. Uh, they couldn't even get out of their Maryland regional. Um, they, they, they still have a lot of stuff to prove, not only to us as like fans, but to themselves, like they got to be able to say like, all right, we can go through a whole ACC schedule and win it. Yeah, we can win it. We can host our own regional. We can do this and that. Um, but man, dude, I, I love teams like Miami this year. I love North Carolina. Louisville is another one of my sleeper team. Not, I can't call them a sleeper because they're nationally ranked, but Hey, you Louisville want me to has, give you a common denominator of all those teams you're, you're kind of rattling off? They don't have they don't have pitching. I'm not confident. Louisville's pitching, I'm not confident in. Virginia Tech's pitching, I'm not confident in. Virginia's pitching, I'm not confident in. Miami's pitching, I'm not confident in. Georgia Tech doesn't have a pitching staff, if you guys were wondering. Wait, are you saying Florida State doesn't have a pitching staff? Because you're wrong. Oh, no, no, no. I, did I say Florida State? I, I, didn't, I think I, I don't the best know. team in the league. I think they're the best team in the league. I, I, if I could put a futures bet on who would win the ACC, I would also go with Florida State. Um, like Wyatt Crowell is, is pitched for Team Wyatt, USA last right, year. Among, uh, what's his name? Blake Montgomery. No, what's his name? Carson, Carson Montgomery. Carson Montgomery is elite fastball. Jackson, if you, guys right, go my team, if you guys go through our tweets, Random midweek last year, early in the season, I posted a couple videos about Carson Montgomery, and I said this guy's going to be a future star for Florida State. If they are in the tweet. Go find it. Yeah, he. Um, but like, this is a team that 
you know they're going to be offensive. Link Jarrett's one of the best hitting head coach, like hitting coaches that's a head coach out there. We saw, I saw it firsthand when he was at UNC Greensboro in our conference at Mercer. Those guys mashed. Did the same thing with those gold helmets at Notre Dame. Those guys mashed. Guess what? It doesn't they're take so long to develop hitters. It doesn't. Are, sorry, yeah. The hit no, teams are so fundamental. Yeah, and and so they're so clean baseball. They don't make mistakes. It's like crazier to me that we're seeing teams and from like other, and obviously these guys do it full time as their job, like with D1 Baseball, Baseball America, Prospect Live, all these. I mean, they, they do a good job. We follow their stuff. We get a lot of our information from them. So I'm not bashing them, but I'm saying it, it's just crazy to me that, that most of them are ranking Florida State eighth, seventh, eighth, ninth in the conference. Uh, when I know they had a down year last year, only like eight or nine games above 500. But with what they're returning and with the coaching staff that they have in place there, this isn't daddy ball and to you know Mike Martin Jr. to Mike Martin Sr. Oh, yeah, this, Martin era is over. The Martin era is over. This is going to be a, a Florida State team that is going to look to stick in the top five of the of the recruiting rankings, the you know national rankings for the next decade or so. Um, that's a baseball school. I mean, I won't say a baseball school because they're not, but like that's a school that highly is invested in their baseball program and they this need to I win a national championship. I said, Ben, this is the difference between a team that thinks they want to win and a team that's committed to winning. Mm -hmm. Florida State fired a legacy coach. Mm -hmm. A that's legacy. Like, never I mean, happened in college years. baseball. They don't do that. Like, I mean, thought, think about how hard it was for Rice to fire fire Wayne Graham like yeah. it was probably, they waited until he was in a retirement home before they fired him <laughs> like th they said they said Martin Jr you are out of here we've had enough we don't like where this is going and they went and paid money for Link Jerry who is arguably the number one most hottest and he was in, in their conference he was in their own they conference. didn't wait they mm -hmm. didn't wait they went and got their guy they wanted ASAP. As soon as they sniffed, Martin Jr. was not what they wanted and they didn't like the future. They didn't wait. They went and got him. And now I'm going to put my respect where it's deserved. And I think Florida State's the best team in this conference this year. Listen, I think I think we're both on the right, same page here. And I hate how much we agree with each other. Um, but look, this, this conference is deep. Um, you look through like conference projections and everything. I would actually say, give me Florida State Clemson and Miami and Notre Dame as like four teams in the bottom of that conference that any of them can win the conference. And Notre Dame lost Link Jarrett, but guess what? They got Sean Stifler from VCU who was phenomenal top five mid-major coach in, in the country last year and the last basically four or five years. Um, and like Notre Dame did lose a lot of their talent, I will say, but the, uh, like this is going to be a team that's going to remain disciplined. They didn't lose a lot of recruits when Link Jarrett left. I know they lost a couple of big ones, but um, I mean, I think Notre Dame is going to be just as competitive. They've they've shown uh, three or four years of like high success, so don't don't count out Notre Dame yet. Um, and then like Clemson getting Eric Bakic, I think this, they can go one of two ways for them. Either they start the year red hot and they don't make the postseason, they just fiddle away. Or they're going to struggle in the beginning, be mediocre average, and then get hot at the last part of the season, possibly host a regional, go to a super regional, maybe even an Omaha team. But Clemson excites me just because of 
the physical look of their players, they have men playing college baseball. Um, like they have some big, strong, solid dudes that can swing the stick and throw gas. And Clemson's another school that's baseball. Like they invest heavily in baseball and they got their coach, Eric package from Michigan, uh, who turned that program into a national runner up three years ago. Um, so I expect Clemson to turn some eyes as well. Um, Think about what Backage did at Cl- Michigan and then add all his positives and his string to the mm-hmm. God-given strength that the University of Clemson had, which is right. weather, recruiting ground, fan base, donor, commitment, loyal fan, location mm-hmm. again, location again, weather again, like – Everything is in his favor now. Why the hell would you count him out? That's what I'm saying. So I I, I will make a, a bet with anybody that I think Florida State and Clemson finish ahead of Wake Forest, Virginia Tech, and NC State. And who's the other team that people are uh, – anyway, Georgia let's just Tech. say Georgia Tech. So I think Clemson and uh, Florida State will finish ahead of Wake Forest and Virginia that's Tech. Bold, okay, I will – I'm not going to say – I disagree, but I think that's a very bold take. I think Florida State will beat Wake Forest in that three-game series. Yeah, but I think I'm saying that Clemson and Overall, Florida State we'll will beat we'll Wake Forest. Yeah, I they'll, they'll be ahead. The Atlantic Division. I, I still I think they're going to win the Atlantic. Clemson, I, I don't I don't know yet. I'm basing everything off of just Backage being there. I got to see some ball. I got to see some ball because I don't know what his style is going to be down there. Is he going to yeah. adapt more, or is he going to still have a similar philosophy? We'll see. We'll see, yeah. Um, I think, oh, guys, I can't emphasize enough how – think about a Florida State team with a, a very focused and very strict – I don't want to say strict, but strict – I'm going to use the word strict here. A very focused and strict leader, coach, with that kind of talent. I mean, yeah. that team, I mean, I think they're going to be so good. Florida State is like something like 90 to 1 to win the College World Series or 150 to 1, somewhere between there. Uh, if, dude, if you're a gambler and you're still listening to this three hours into our podcast, oh my God, it's money. the longest podcast we've ever done. Yeah, but it's fine. It's going to last a whole week. Um, you throw some money on Florida State, I'll probably end up doing it. They're just too talented and. Like pitching rotations there. And I think it's going to be a team where we're going to look back and be like, at the end of the year, be like, how were they projected to finish seventh? Like, what? Who? Wait, what? How did that happen? Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for all the coaches' poll. Let me see if the ACC released their coaches' poll. All right, we'll end on that. Well, after, after, yeah, after you look this up, we'll end in the show. Let me see. Three days ago. Here we go. ACC coaches' poll. Overall champion, six votes for Louisville, six for Wake Forest, one for Clemson, and one for Virginia Tech. All right? Atlantic Division, Louisville, Wake Forest, NC State, Florida State, Clemson, Notre Dame, Boston College, in that order. That's what the coaches voted. Mm -hmm. Coastal Division, Miami, Virginia, North Carolina, Virginia Tech, Georgia Tech, Duke, and Pitt. That's what the coaches voted. Miami, Virginia, North Carolina, Virginia Tech are your top four. And then the Atlantic, Louisville, Wake Forest, NC State, Florida State. That's what the coaches think. I think they're wow. pretty accurate. I think yeah. that I would 
Sure. Um, hey, real quick, the uh, one of my favorite sleeper bets for Golden Spikes is Yo-Yo Morales, your boy from Miami. What? I said one of my sleepers for the Golden Spikes this year is Yo-Yo Morales from Miami. Yo-Yo, Yohandi. He's dude. He's a freaking stud. One of the most talented players out there in the country, and he doesn't one get any kind of raw, recognition. One of the most raw players in the country. I agree. He doesn't give any give get any recommenda- recommend recommendation recognition. <laughs> you, um, you know, I think, is he not getting a fair share? I haven't really paid attention. You know, he might be actually. He might, he's probably a first team All American. I, I haven't looked. Um, uh, I think I think everybody is doing it right now, and it's fine. It's well warranted, whatever. But the, the, all the talk of the town is LSU, which is fine. Yeah, it's fine. But I think. Um, yeah, because you're 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 thinking of the best player at LSU, Dylan Cruz. I'm still sticking with my pick. I still think that I'm going to end this show on this take, and I, I that's about all I got left. I think Chase Dolander gets drafted before Dylan Cruz next year. Next I year. would. I don't know. I, Actually, I say I would right now, but listen, if I've Dylan Cruz goes off this year, year, if Dylan Cruz goes off this year and I mean, even if they both go off, it, it feels better to take a position player than a pitcher first overall, in my opinion. I, I would probably think, take Dylan Cruz first overall. Well, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, you you know how these draft boards and these people go. They go game by game. If he goes over three or two Ks, the ne- Monday morning projections are going to drop him two spots. Yeah, you, know so how it, you know how they this are. Game, they yeah, have to make content, so too. They have to do it. They have to do it. They got to but I, I'm still sticking with it that Chase Dolander gets drafted before Dylan Cruz. I said it last year. I'm going to stick by it. I, I, I want to stick by it. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But that's my that's my kind of my one pick as far as draft coverage goes. Hot take. Cool. Um, well, nice, man. Well, hey, three-hour episode. Never done that before. That was fun. Hey, uh, still looking. At, if people are still listening, um, I, I'm still planning on doing some sort of live stream the day before college baseball season starts next Friday, um, which will be at least 11.7 hours, maybe 24 hours if I'm feeling frisky. I just want to do something to hype some, hype some people up about the season. We'll talk college baseball and everything. Um, but anyways, uh, that does it for this show. Really appreciate everybody listening. Hey, listen, we, we can't do it without you fans. Really, really thankful for you. It's allowing us to get more opportunities uh, as far as like sponsorships and stuff signed and, and things like that, uh, just showing the numbers and the loyal following. So uh, we do have exciting stuff that will probably be released sometime this week. We're getting everything ironed out before the start of the season. Uh, We've been working our tails off behind the scenes a lot, Uh, but we're excited after. So starting next week, it's going to be two podcasts a week moving forward. So Sunday and Thursday, um, which I know you guys really enjoy. Um, But y'all stay with us. You know, if you ever need anything, let us know. Do you think us literally talking without losing an ounce of energy for three hours about college baseball doesn't speak volume? Yeah, that's who we are, man. That's who we are. We just we just cranked out three hours worth of talk, and I didn't even think twice about it. It's pat like it's well into the the morning. We just stayed up all night, three hours. Who cares? My son will be awake in four hours. Who cares? We'll sleep in. We'll sleep in uh, July as John Rostein would say. 
Hey, to, to all of you, have a fantastic week. We will see you next Sunday and hopefully with some fantastic announcements during the week. Thank you for tuning in. Let's ride. We won a national championship for, for Ole Miss and um, all the past players and all the fans across the country and for the state of Mississippi and the University of Mississippi. Uh, we did it. And, uh, we're national champs. Breaking ball. Oh, my goodness. Deep right field. A grand slam. Base hit. Arkansas is headed back to Omaha. And here's Tommy White. First pitch swinging. In the air to center. D'Onofrio back and it's gone! The legend continues! Got him swinging! The Campbell Campbells, the dynasty of the Big South. And now Tony Vitello bumps the third base umpire. Set. He'll throw that as a line drive in the gap. Did he do it again? It is another ball in the gap for Morrell. Another extra. Oh, that is gone. A home run for Brian Morrell. Swing and a ball driven. Way back. And foul. No, gone. He did it. Ortiz kept it just there and walks it off with a grand slam. Hispanic Titanic with a blast again. <laughs>